This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
exactly cool, cuz. Nigga, what's up? How gangster are you, cuz? I don't fuck with you, cuz. You disrespect me. I don't fuck with you, cuz. You disrespect me. I go hard, cuz. Hey, you guys. I hope you guys are doing good today. Oh, my gosh. Give me just a second here. I'm on a new computer, so I had to, like, upgrade my life <laughs> for 2024. <laughs> hey, you guys. I've missed you guys. I know I have been gone for, like, damn, like, over a week. Um, as y'all know, in Discord, I was really, really sick. So I just been dealing with my health and everything else. I had to take, like, a break from everything. But I am back. I appreciate y'all tapping in. So we have a lot to talk about. Oh my gosh, I feel like, you know when you've been gone for so long and then you're trying to like find out everything that's happened on social media, you legit are just, it's just information overload. It's just like, wait, what? Blueface went to jail? What? This happened, that happened? It's just been so much craziness going on. So I've been trying to, you know, keep up with everything. Um, Y'all like the look? Thank you. I had dyed my wig. I wanted like a two-tone wig, so I spent... Before I got sick, I was working on it. I wanted the ends more red and then like the top more burgundy. So this look turned out pretty turned out pretty cool. So I'm glad y'all like it. Yeah, I got the new um, desktop because I'm so used to working on laptops because y'all know I travel a lot. So I'm usually always on a laptop, a MacBook Pro. But I'm like, man, since my streams are just getting bigger, there's more and more people joining. Um, there's, it's always crashing and having crazy issues going on. I was like, let me just finally break down and get a desktop. So I got the Studio Mac and the big, powerful, you know what I'm saying, um, desktop. I built it myself, so it kind of worked out really good. So hopefully we won't have as many issues with the streams now that I'm not doing it off of my MacBook but off of the studio pro so this is my first time so forgive me i'm still trying to remember to look up here instead of like lower but um i like it so far it's really good for editing as well everything is like super super fast so i'm excited um i was working on some new graphics so that's why i had the whole you know the stream will be starting so um just revamping a lot of stuff more stuff to come um that i'm working on as well but yeah, it's a lot to talk about, y'all. Mm-hmm. Come on in, child. Come on in. Okay. So y'all know I am into sports. And so this was so funny. I was on the shade room and I ended up getting a lot of followers from like, I guess just me, you know, talking back and forth with people in the shade room. So um the other day, Stephen A. Smith came out and he was, you know, ranting and raving and calling somebody a fat bastard. And so, you know, a lot of people were confused. They thought he was talking about Phase on Love, because we all know Cat Williams called Phase on Love a fat Phase on Live. So I felt being that, you know, the shade room, not everybody, but some people in the shade room are, you know, a bit touched. They kept saying he's going in on Phase on Love. And I'm like, why would he be going in on Phase on Love? Like, Stephen A. Smith is not a comedian. So I felt it was my duty to come on there and comment, okay? As an avid watcher of Stephen A. Smith, you know, Club Shay Shay and, you know, all the sports guys. So I was like, he's not going at Phase on Love, you guys. Basically, Jason Whitlock called his entire career a fat Phase on Lie, and Stephen A. Smith is in his feelings. And so, you know, I was just kind of talking back and forth with people on there and stuff. So it was pretty fun. 
So I was going to, you know, uh, do a live stream after I got a chance to watch Stephen A. Smith's response, but then, you know, I got sick. So this kind of took place last week, but we're going to talk about it now. Um, yes, it was crazy. And I'm, I'm disappointed. And I got to keep it real. Like, the girls are fighting, okay? Like, all these men just act like fucking bitches. Like, I don't know, just like all the arguing, the back and forth, and you got, you know, Stack 5, Steven Jack, another damn Steven. You know, he's beefing with Shannon Sharp and throwing shade. Oh, y'all know I got the receipts, okay? I've been up all day and night collecting receipts. So this is probably going to be a longer stream. But y'all come on in, it's gonna be a sports stream. It's gonna, you know, we're gonna talk about Krishan and all the sex shit and Stunner Girl. That's gonna be towards the end of the stream, okay? So this this is for the fellas and the women, you know what I'm saying, who, you know, enjoy sports and the back and forth. So let's go ahead and start with the Stephen A. Smith and Jason Whitlock situation. And I've kind of compiled they're back and forth this whole thing for people who don't know i know a lot of people are like oh jason whitlock is a coon and he's this and that i don't agree with everything jason whitlock says y'all know that i'm the one who called his ass out i called him out ben shapiro officer tatum and candace owens when they sat there and tried to make excuses for the alabama broke brawl because again like i said if the roles were reversed and these were you know um black folks who were in the wrong oh they would have so much to say but because the white folks were in the wrong, you know, nobody really had any commentary. You know, Stephen, not Stephen A. Smith, excuse me, Jason Whitlock was reaching, trying to blame the black people and everything else. So I felt him accountable on different occasions. But I was watching him. Um, this Cat Williams interview has literally, it's the, it's the gift that keeps on giving. I keep telling y'all that. It really is. And the only reason why it's the gift that keeps on giving, not because Shannon Sharp is some, you know, extraordinary interviewer. Um, it's because Cat Williams is a truth teller. But a lot of people are acting like Cat Williams is like the second coming of Christ. Cat Williams is not saying anything that a lot of regular people on social media have not been saying for years, okay? Not just myself, but many people have been saying a lot of things that Cat Williams has said, you know, have been calling out the industry and the things that go on behind the scenes. But when you have a celebrity actually putting it out there and calling out names, it has people shook. And so Cat Williams was basically saying that Kevin Hart is an industry plant. And so he was talking about this on Club Shay Shay, and that's what kind of led um, Jason Whitlock to talk about industry plants in the sports world. You know, like, where did these people come from? And all of a sudden, they're like, you know, these huge sports journalists. They're very opinionated. They have an opinion about everything under the sun. But if people have an opinion about them, they're upset. So this was, the, you know, so that's kind of the backstory. So let me go ahead and um, pull this up. We're going to go ahead and watch this here together. Oh, I don't want to watch this on Apple TV. Y'all forgive me. I'm still learning this. Uh, oh, okay. Here we go. Quick time player. Okay, there we go. I was about to say, don't do me, new Mac. All right. So this is kind of long, but I want you guys to watch this. It's going to kind of break down everything. And then I'm going to come on and, you know, speak my mind on what I, you know, my takeaway from all of this. Because um, Jason Whitlock had me doing, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was very shocked at the information that he presented. Um, pleasantly surprised because I didn't know all of that. Oh, what is this? 
Oh, I got to grant access to Google Chrome. Okay. We have access later. All right. Sorry, y'all. It's still a lot of new stuff. Let me know if y'all can't see this. If y'all can't hear it, please let me know right away. It's all these pop-ups. You know when, you, when you're doing something new on something new? It's all these pop-ups. So, okay. Let me try this again. Hopefully it will come up. Mm, why is it not doing it? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Don't tell me I got to reboot. Oh, my God. Hold on. Saying I got to go to my... I did, though. I did, I did, I did. It's saying I have to go to my system preferences. Let me try it again. I really don't want to reboot my computer. I just want to get on with this stream. But I ha y'all have to watch this video. That's the thing. Because it kind of has everything that I put together. Okay. Okay, hold on. Um, I like lost permission to capture the stream and fix it. Accepting lock on my Trust it. Okay. Yes, it's been checked. Why is it not letting me do that? That is so weird. Okay, let me, I'm going to try it one more time. If it does not work, I'm going to have to reboot. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Okay, I'm back. Let me see if it works now. I'm sorry, y'all. Everything is new on here, so give me just a moment. Hold on. Okay, hopefully now it will work. Whew. Look at God. <laughs> Won't he do it? Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, can y'all see it? Now let me know if y'all can hear it. Which is why the studio stopped fucking with you. Why would be a risk? He chose drugs. Oh, okay. So I go to the comedy show and I see Kevin Hart there. I'm like, what's up, Kevin? And he's like, yo, man, Cat's here. Like I was in trouble or something. Like, <laughs> That's what these comics understand is that I'm not doing nothing for Cloud. I don't even recognize Cloud. But eventually the Lord is going to let me and you be in one hallway. 
Kevin Hart done went 25 years without ever being in the same building with me at the same time. What, so what, if what? I go in the building, he walk out. You've never seen us in the same building ever in 25 years. Like, it's like that. <laughs> Why? Why? Yes, because what? I'm really the product. It's not what you think. I am never under the influence of anything. I'm always in my right mind. I'm always a physical specimen. And when you see me, I'm much, much bigger than you had thought. You're going to have to look me in the eye and tell me this actually happened. Your, your tryout for the basketball team. Mm -hmm. You hit 17 threes 17, in a row? 17 straight threes. Never, 17 ne threes in a row in your tryout? Never before since. <laughs> never this before was a since. scrimmage? No. Oh, okay. What this is just shooting. No, no. Yeah. What happened was is that a guy by the name of Harold Funny Kid used to go to Winston-Salem Winston State University in the 70s after Earl, Mo Earl of Pearl Monroe left. And he was still tightly associated with the school and tightly associated with Clarence Big House Gaines, who was the legendary coach down there, helped with John McClendon to integrate the sport of basketball. You know, the Duke players that played against the black players at, you know, at, at, on, on campus in the middle of the night when no one knew about it, they were played a role in being responsible for that game being organized and played. And so what happened is, is that um, he told Coach Gaines he had a player for him to see. And Coach Gaines had him bring me down there on a weekend. And I went out on the court, and before I stepped out on the court, rather, Coach Gaines looked at me, and then he looked at him, he said, is this the little motherfucker you've been bragging about? You know, and he said, that's him. And and funny kid looked at me afterwards, and he said, I got you here. You're on your own now. And I hit 17 straight. 17 threes? 17 straight three-pointers. I couldn't miss. That's I couldn't incredible. Miss. And when I did that, he signed me to a scholarship on the spot. That's incredible. And, that's what and do, you, do you ever, like, think back, like, you know, maybe daydreaming, like, man, remember when I hit 17 straight Oh, hell yes. <laughs> I never did it since. Of course. Of course I dreamed about it. You know, no question about it. I was healthy that day. My knees weren't hurt. I hadn't cracked my kneecap in half and halted any kind of, of unforeseen dreams that I may have had or whatever the case may be. But that was my shining moment because it was immense pressure. I went down there to get a basketball scholarship. Yeah. And the pressure was on, and I showed up, and I handled my business. So I go check Winston-Salem State's basketball schedule for the 87-88 season. When, you know, this is happening in February of 1988. This covers the 87-88 season. Winston-Salem State, like virtually every other college basketball team during that era, played a basketball game on every Saturday in February. So Stephen A. is saying that Winston-Salem State, at the end of their basketball season, when they're preparing for their conference tournament, and what, and maybe trying to qualify for the Division II postseason tournament, that they play a game on Saturday, he wakes up the next morning, they're having a scrimmage that he arrives to late in the middle of, and Big House Gaines checks this six foot one, 150-pound guard from New York City who played a couple of months of high school basketball without acquiring any stats or anything, played a month or two of junior college basketball without acquiring any stats or anything. He shuts down a practice, checks Stephen A. Smith into the scrimmage, and then According to Smith's account, he knocked down 17 straight shots in the scrimmage.
and Big House Gaines offered him a full scholarship immediately after the practice. I, I, I'm reading this, and when I read it, I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is a comic book, and this man's calling this his memoir. He got a full-ride scholarship after checking into a Sunday scrimmage after a team played a basketball game on Saturday, knocks down 17 straight shots, and the coach of this team, which, if you go read Big House Gaines' memoir, his book, his biography, all Big House Gaines did was complain about how limited his budget was at Winston-Salem State, how the school wasn't flush with cash and a bunch of scholarships for his players. He was always trying to make ends meet. But this frail, frail kid from New York City, he gave a full scholarship to next year's team after watching him play for an hour in a scrimmage because he allegedly knocked down 17 straight shots. Who writes this? Who believes this? I cannot appropriately do justice to the far-fetched story Stephen A. Smith paints in Straight Shooter. Smith has struggled to explain it himself on TV. In November of 2022, not that long ago, November of 2022, what is that, 14 months ago, 15 months ago, on the set of NBA Countdown with Malika Andrews, Jalen Rhodes, and J.J. Reddick, ESPN ran a graphic of Smith, Rhodes, and Reddick's uh, senior year stats. Let's play this clip. I want to. I don't know what 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 is it? Yeah, slot number four. I, or no, yeah, slot number three. Number three. I want to play the clip of Stephen A. Smith, of Malika Andrews, and J.J. Reddick and Jalen Wills. Here's Stephen A. Smith talking about his senior year. We're covering off college hoops, guys. Yeah. So I do want to show you all a little something. I got a little something to show you here. Before we dig into the NBA, take a look at this blind resume here. It's three players, their scoring average in each person's final college season. Do we, do we have any guesses who this might be? Jalen, who do you think? What, what is this? Nah, this is hilarious. JJ's on the right. It's well, they're not telling well, they're not telling us only played one game because of crack my kneecap and half, but that's neither here. Did, did y'all just look and hear what Stephen A. Smith just said on national TV? They put his senior year stats up. Everybody's giggling, and you can tell Stephen A's pretty uncomfortable early on. He ain't in on the joke or Maybe no one warned him. I don't know. He tried to loosen up at the end. But then at the end, he says, what they're not telling y'all is I only play one game because I cracked my knee. And then, so, look, look, I'm not good at math. That math is not my strength. I was a writer, and, and you know, I struggle. I use both my hands and toes to count. But walk me through this and walk yourself through it. One and a half points per game. How do you average that in one game? Is there a one-and-a-half-pointer in Division II basketball? How do you do it? It can't be done. See, Steve, it can't be done. It's comical. This is Stephen A., baby. I'm not running from anybody. And if somebody is going to misquote me, 
usually I'm going to make an, an effort to set the record straight. Now, there are people in the media, fat bastards to be specific, who are completely irrelevant and, and are starving for attention because all they have left is clicks because their credibility has been shredded everywhere else. Let me take a deeper dive. Let me take a look at who Stephen A. Smith is. Why does this dude think he can call me out of my name and run around like Mr. Tough Guy and, and he, he wants to smoke. Let me see what he's standing on. So I read his memoir. And when I read his memoir, it was laughable. Just as a journalist, don't pass the smell test. Were enormous and plastered all throughout the book. And that's why I call him Stephen A. Myth. All he does is make noise by coming after the very people who did and still does what he aspires to do, but no longer has the outlet to do because he is considered a vile, despicable human being that no one wants anything to deal with. Nothing. That's who he is. I will not be speaking on him anymore. Stephen A. Smith has vowed to never say my name again. He doesn't have to say my name again. That's not the point. I want him to explain his book. That, that's, you don't have to mention my name. Just address the questions about your book and this farcical narrative that you've been promoting. <laughs> All right, y'all. That is a hot damn mess, okay? So yeah, I had the, I had my tiny violin ready. <laughs> okay, so my thing is, like I said, I never looked into like Stephen A's background. I didn't read the book, but at the end of the day, Jason did make some good points. So I had assumed, okay, let's be fair. Let's you know give Stephen A a chance to respond back to Jason Whitlock, because we all know you know Jason Whitlock can be messy and you know all that stuff. And I literally watched the entire hour of Stephen A. Smith's response. All he did was curse, rant, rave, talk about everything but this one and a half points that he made um, during the one game that he played in college. He didn't address anything concerning the points that Jason Whitlock, you know, came up with. And usually when people deflect like that, I feel like they do that because they're, they know they're lying. So let me try and be the loudest in the room. Like, like I always say, the, the loudest bitches in the room usually won't bust a grape, right? So he's yelling and ranting and calling this man a fat bastard and everything but a child of God and talking about how, you know, he helped him out and how Jamel Hill didn't like him. He was talking about everything but the points that Jason Whitlock was addressing. The whole story sounds like nonsense. It, it just does, you know, and... Honestly, it makes you really question some of these people who are in these positions. Like, what authority do they really have? Because Stephen A is very critical. That's why, you know, I and a lot of people watch him. He's very critical, very opinionated when it comes to sports. He's quick to say who's whack, who needs to retire, you know, who's going to be the first round draft pick. Um, you know, he, he, he brings that smoke. And then to find out that he really didn't play a lick of basketball. 
Like, to me, that's kind of insane. Like, you weren't there. You, you don't have bad knees. You don't have a bad back. You know, you know, a lot of basketball players, they get older, they suffer from a lot of, you know, injuries, and they go through stuff in their old age. And he keeps saying that he had some type of knee injury. Um, okay. And another thing that I think nobody else is pointing out that's strange to me is that when he was talking to that white man, and I forgive me, I just can't think of his name, he said that he made 17 three-pointers in a row. 17 three-pointers. Think about this. Picture it, okay? Like the Golden Girls. Picture it. The year is 1980-something. Like, three-pointers weren't even that popular back in the day. Like, back in the day, you really played hardcore basketball. Your main thing was to drive all the way to the hoop. It was mainly about two-pointers and dunking. Yeah, I remember one of my favorite games growing up was NBA Jams. And remember, that was the whole thing. You like you, you go to the rim and you try and jump and, and get the ball in there. And it'd be like, you're on fire. Like, nobody was even shooting three-pointers like that in NBA Jams. Like, you wanted that. You're on fire. You wanted to do a dunk. So I, I'm just saying, like, three-pointers are more popular now, right? Especially because of Steph Curry. So I said, well, maybe I'm tripping, but I just don't remember three-pointers being a big thing in the 90s and the, you know, especially, I guess, in the 80s. Like, that just wasn't, like, a big thing. So that kind of was, like, I, I had to side-eye that. So I found this post on Reddit because I'm like, okay, maybe I'm tripping. And so even, like, this is an old post from, like, I think two years ago, right? talking about three-pointers and they were saying, you know, like why weren't three-pointers popular back in the day? And they were saying, um, one, it was it was considered gimmicky amongst, um, upon initial introduction. Um, most coaches prior to the 2000s grew up mastering a game that had no three-point line. Many players of the 90s didn't grow up with a three-point shot. <laughs> uh, tradition, it's very difficult to buck the establishment. Uh, general play style evolution, the growth of three ball aligns somewhat closely with the modern evolution of Showtime dunk in both cases. First and second generation three point shooting, obtaining positions of power. Seven long standing and widespread belief that the closer shot is the better shot. Remember, like I told you guys on NBA Jams. You know, they be things like, you know, just encouraging you to drive to the basket, you know what I'm saying, and be on fire and dunk. So I'm just, so as I'm listening to this, I'm like, I just don't remember three-pointers being a thing back then. So for him to say he had three of them, you know, excuse me, 17 three-pointers in a row. 17? And even when we listen to the story, right, most ball players are very egotistical, you know, low-key narcissist. Um, we've all heard the term ball hog, right? Where, you know, there's always a kid on the team that doesn't really want to pass to the other players because they want to be the star. So you mean to tell me, um, shout out to T. Rich. He liked NBA jams. He said that was his game, mine too. So you mean to tell me there's a team of guys. They just played the game on Saturday. They're a team. So meaning that they practice together, they know each other. You know, when you're a team, you're like brothers for the most part. So you mean to tell me that this team of guys who played the game before on Saturday allowed this nobody, quote unquote, right? He came there with some guys, um, with a guy that he had dated the guy's sister. So he was invited to this scrimmage on that Sunday. 
So you mean to tell me that the other guys on the team all of a sudden trusted Stephen A? Most people, when you bring somebody onto the team to come and play, um, especially if you're the new guy, the new guy is lucky if he can even look at the ball, let alone get the ball to make 17 three-point shots. This story is cap. Okay, the cap on this app, like I said in the chat, it doesn't make sense. Most basketball players are not on a team are not going to be passing the ball to the newbie. And then it's not like he's coming on as some huge specimen, like he's seven foot one. Average height, scrawny. He's, those were his own words. And so y'all want me to believe that these guys just kept, here you go, random guy that we've never played with before. Here you go. Keep on hitting those three-pointers, 17 in a row. Really? I, I don't, I'm just, I'm not buying this. I don't know if people have looked at it from that angle. But honestly, Jason Whitlock made some good points. I have to be fair. Y'all know I'm unbiased. You know, I'm not a big Jason Whitlock fan. But he made some very, very decent points when he did this analysis. And then when he, <laughs> then there was a part where, um, he ended up bringing like Stephen A. Smith, his old teammates <laughs> on ESPN with some type of, I don't know, ceremony. When I tell you, his old teammates are literally my height in heels. Like all of these guys are like 5'8", 5'9". I'm like, this was the starting lineup on your college sports team? Are you serious? Stephen A. Smith was the tallest one out of all these guys. And the one guy that he had pretending to be, you know, the guy that, that uh, Jason Whitlock found an article on, in the article it said that that guy was six foot three. But when you see the guy standing next to Stephen A. Smith, he can't be any taller than five eight. <laughs> what? what in the world is going on here? So it just makes me think, like, who is Stephen A. Smith? Like, who is he? It was it was just, yeah, there's like a whole little ceremony. Y'all got to go see it's on ESPN unless they privated the video or something, child. And it's supposed to be his old college teammates. But he's literally the tallest one, and he's only six foot one. Everybody else is like 5'6", five, 5'7", five, 5'8", five, at the most. I'm like, this was the starting lineup? I know taller 16-year-olds than that. Like, it's just weird. The whole thing was just weird. So, like I said, I think um, Jason made some really good points. Stephen A. Smith is just out here capping and, you know, telling these, you know, fans, fantastic tall tales. And it's not a good look. And a lot of people are saying, oh, um, you know, oh, this is, you know, it's black on black. This is wrong. You know, people trying to bring down the black man. Why is it that anytime somebody brings up factual stuff, when somebody says, hey, this doesn't make sense, people always want to pull the reverse race card. No, I don't think this is anything to do with bringing down the black man. And especially, let's stop acting like Stephen A. Smith is like some sensitive, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, Lily. Like Stephen A. Smith be going off, he be cussing folks out, he be dragging folks. So why when he gets a little bit of smoke from Jason Whitlock, all of a sudden, oh, y'all need to leave him alone. Y'all are trying to take down that good black man. I don't think anybody's trying to take him down, but let's also not forget that Stephen A. Smith many times has called for other people's jobs. Look how much he, you know, shitted on Kyrie Irving simply for posting, you know, that stupid ass movie I even forgot what it was called, that the Jewish people, was they was all riled up about. 
And he went in on Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie Irving really don't bother nobody. You know, so I don't feel bad for him. I just think his story's bullshit. Um, am I going to still watch the show? I mean, possibly if I have nothing else to do in the mornings, you know, I'll, I'll catch him like I've been doing. But now I just had the side eye. Like his, his whole backstory is bullshit. And now to me, his credibility is somewhat shot because he spent an hour ranting and raving and cursing and, you know, calling this man fat and a piece of shit, you know, saying all this derogatory stuff. But did Jason lie? You didn't address any of the lies. The, the story just does not make any sense. And again, he, he didn't make this up. This is all in Stephen A. Smith's biography. This is all in his book. This is stuff that he said in interviews. And again, I never put two and two together just because I never cared that much. But since Jason Whitlock is putting two and two together, I'm going to do my own little investigation. And the more I dug into it, I'm like, this story is bullshit. It doesn't make any sense. That's not how it works. That's not how you get a scholarship. And three-pointers weren't even that popular back in the day. And I just remember that from playing NBA jams. Because <laughs> I remember, like, that was what everybody used to try and do, was try to drive to the hoop, you know what I'm saying, and dunk and all that stuff. Like, three-pointers, you know, they were there, but they weren't really popular, you know? So the fact that he just sat here and just made up this whole lie, just it's, just, it's very interesting. And again, it just goes to show you that a lot of these people, they get into positions not really because they earned them and not really because, you know, they worked hard. You know, sometimes they're just placed there. That's why I feel like sometimes like this world is just so full of crap. It's like we tell kids, you know, and we tell people, you know, be a good person, do the right thing, you know, go to school, get your degree, and then you'll be promised a good job and a house and all this stuff. And then we find out later on in life, it's like everything we've known has just been a fucking lie. I don't know, like even the people who are in certain positions, it's like they're not even who they say they are. So I'm sorry, but I'm with Jason Whitlock on this one. I don't think he said anything wrong. And like I said, I gave Stephen A. Smith a fair shake. I wanted him to respond to this. He never responded. I'm still trying to figure out how you only get half a point, a point and a half or whatever he got, you know, playing the one game in college. It's just like none of it makes sense. But yet he's on a platform he has millions of watchers and listeners, and he's given critique, and he's never even done half of what he's critiquing. You know, that's why even for me, when people like leave comments and say, oh, you're such a good journalist, or I look at you as a journalist, and I always tell people, don't call me a journalist because I'm not. Like, I might have integrity, I have journalistic integrity, but a journalist is a title for somebody who actually went to college and they have a journalism degree. I don't have a journalism degree. I'm just self-taught. I'm just a good researcher. You know, like I never want to take credit for people who actually went to school for that. So somebody who actually went to college and they actually played college ball and they actually played, you know, professional ball, you know, everybody can have their opinion, right? Because we're all Sunday, Monday morning quarterbacks where, you know, we give our opinions on games and statistics and things like that. But for him to be so critical and you've never even played like a serious game in college, to me is just comical. So Jason Whitlock, I mean, he really put it out there. So like I said, I had no idea it was that bad. But from what I researched, Stephen A. Smith is a lie as far as that part of his life. It was just, it was nothing but cap.
And he just needs to own it. He needs to just say, yeah, I over-exaggerated. I was just trying to sell books and keep it moving. But all, you know, the tantrum and the hooping and hollering, people who yell and deflect, um, who can't just have a normal, rational conversation, they're usually known documented liars. You know, because people who are telling the truth, they, there's nothing to scream and, and shout at walls about. When you're telling the truth, it just comes out naturally. When you have real receipts, when you have, you know, things to back up your facts, and when you're sure about what you're saying, it just comes out. There's no need to hoop and holler and expose and all this weird shit that bitches do on social media. So, again, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it at all. Let me go ahead and read some of these super chats here. Uh, we have over 7,000 people in the building. Welcome. Y'all come on in. Uh, let's see here. Yesi Santu says, I missed your lives. I'm glad you're doing well. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thanks for coming through. Uh, Lava Pop. What's up, Lava Pop? He says, love you and miss you, T. Look radiant. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Um, let's see here. Uh, Nisi says, glad to hear you're feeling better, T. You look beautiful in burgundy. Thank you, Nisi. I appreciate you. Uh, Kajo sent 999 says, T, it's my birthday. My name is Kennedy. Can you please shout me out and hit me with the I'm a leave will for the Capricorns one time. Happy birthday to you. Thank you so much for coming through. I appreciate it. Shout out to all the Capricorns celebrating their birthday this month. So thank you. Um, let's see here. Uh, Queenie Morris says, thanks T for your unwaving integrity. You are needed, one of the best at bringing the truth, and that's what we love about you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Like I told y'all, this is the age of Aquarius. I've been saying this for a long time. 2024 is going to be the year where a lot of things are exposed. The truth is going to come out, and I don't care if it has to do with the world that we're living in, all of these wars that are being started, or just the entertainment industry. The entertainment industry is crumbling before our eyes. And we're seeing that with a lot of these celebrities and their nonsense that they're, you know, involved in. And we're going to definitely get on those topics um, as we go on with the stream. But thank you. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Kanisha says, this Steve and Jason thing is a mess. How Aaron Rodgers get in it, they fight in, I'm hollering. Side note, at some point, what's your thoughts on the Real Housewives and the Nigerian ladies, I really want to hear your thoughts. Thank you so much for the $20 super chat. Um, I don't care about the Real Housewives of Potomac like that. I think Wendy, I think Wendy's insecure. Um, and she tries to use her degrees and, you know, all that stuff as a shield. But she's a very insecure person. I don't think she wanted the new girl. And I can't think of the new girl's name, child. You're going to have to write her name down. I don't think she wanted the, the other, Neka. I think that's her name, the other Nigerian girl on the show. She wanted to be the only Nigerian on the show. Um, yeah, I just, I just don't care about Potomac like that. I have been binge watching it, trying to catch up. But um, I don't know. I just, I just don't care about their season like that. Even with Robin. Like, it was interesting even watching Robin breaking down and crying because I just got done watching that last night. Because, again, she's another one who tries to wear this armor like nothing bothers her. I just think they all need to just stop fronting at this point, you know, and just be whoever they're trying to be. Um, but I think the NECA girl, um, she bought receipts, you know, like she said. Why would you have the cousin on there 
at your daughter's naming ceremony, but then now you're acting like you don't know the cousin and everything else. I think Wendy just wants to be the only one. And she's always struck me as that. Um, even when Mia came on the show, you know, she had a lot of issues with Mia and things like that. So, yeah. I'm watching it, but I just, I don't really care <laughs> one way or another about the Potomac ladies. <laughs> if it's on, I'm going to watch it, but it's, you know, it is what it is. But thank you for the super chat. Uh, let's see here. DB Will, thank you for the $50 super chat. I appreciate you, Donald. Thank you for coming through. Donald from the Bronx. Um, let's see here. GMAT sent $50. Thank you so much. He says, sis, I'm sorry. I've been so distant. I got hired at the fire department. I've been busy with Academy. I'm graduating Academy in six weeks. I want to thank you so much for the encouragement that you've given me. So much love, sis. Shout out to the Discord gang. Wow. Congratulations on going to the fire department. Good luck. I know you're going to graduate successfully we need more firefighters out here you know especially firefighters of color so good job on that i'm super proud of you and thank you for checking in and updating me with that i appreciate it um let's see here brew reezy sim 49.99 says 2024 is exposing everybody and i'm here for it definitely yeah i wasn't expecting the stephen a smith thing i was that was not on my bingo card but i'm definitely here for it so thank you uh, let's see here. Ooh. Cash Cash says, Stephen A. Smith is a great value, Stuart Scott. Mmm. Mr. The, the cold side of the pillow. I remember Stuart Scott. He died from cancer a few years ago. Thank you for that. Yeah, I don't think he can ever be replaced. He was one of the best to ever do it. Uh, Darian Davidson, 999, says, Hey, T, been watching you since I was 16. I knew you would go live on my birthday. What a treat. I just turned 26 and I'm truly blessed to be celebrating another year. P.S. Can I be a mod? Let me see. Can I make you a mod? Okay, you're a mod. There you go. Happy birthday. Thank you for coming through. Thank you so much. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Tanya says, sent $10. Says, I've been watching since 1994, the same year I broke my school record making me the first four-point shooter in history. Love you, T. Glad you're feeling better. Thank you so much. Yeah, these stories, child, are a mess. Are a straight-up mess. Uh, Jamar Simonson 5 says, Hey, boo, been watching for over a decade now. I wanted to show you some love and say thank you for being you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for tapping in today. So when my screen refreshed, a bunch of my... Uh, bunch of my pages disappeared. So I'm trying to go through my history. So I'm going to just start pulling up some stuff here. So give me just a second. Because I want to, I want to, I want to talk about the stunner girl. I don't know if stuff is going to pop up. Okay. Yes, it is. Okay. Let me hold on real quick. I want to see how I can pull it up without it being making a bunch of noise because there were some videos I already had set up and then everything kind of low-key disappeared no I don't want to delete that let me see if I can pull it up more from the site no I'm kind of have to go back and google some of my um stunner videos okay. 
Got my cushion. I'm just trying to organize everything really quick here. But okay, so while we're while I'm trying to organize some stuff, we got to talk about Shannon Sharp and Stack Five, Stephen Jackson. Um, I'm not a, everybody knows I'm not a fan of Steven Jackson. That's not a secret. Um, I felt like he was definitely clout chasing during the whole George Floyd situation. You guys know I'm here in the Twin Cities in Minneapolis. I was here during the chaos of 2020 um, with everything that happened with George Floyd. And um, he definitely used that situation to clout chase. And my twin, my twin, my twin. You know, well, if he was so much your twin, why was he out here doing porn and, you know, um, struggling? But anyhow, um, he was hating really bad on Shannon Sharp. And this is what I'm saying. Like, a lot of these people be just so fake. Like, they're not really supporters of each other. Everybody's in, like, this weird-ass competition with each other. And so what's going on is we all know Shannon Sharp's interview with Cat uh, Williams. It's now gotten over 50 million views. Like, I... I've never seen nothing like it. And I've been on YouTube a long time. Like he got numbers like a Joe Rogan. I think he surpassed Joe Rogan, you know, but again, that interview was so refreshing and I'm not going to lie. I think I watched that interview, that whole interview, at least four times. Just, that's just how good it was. It's like, you know, there were certain things that I missed and I went back and I listened and watched. So I, I know for me, I watched it four times. So I know I gave him some damn views. Okay. I know that check is nice. And then on top of that, they were splitting up the interview and shit. And even the little, uh, like the 10 minute clips that they were putting up, th those were getting a million views. So Club Shay Shay got that damn bag, honey. So I feel like a lot of these other sports guys who now do podcasts, they're definitely feeling away. And what's so funny is that now all of these guys who basically have corporate backing, let's keep it real, none of these guys got it out the mud. Um, us YouTubers, we've been here doing stuff by ourselves. We don't have whole production teams and people in our ears. And, you know, we run everything ourselves. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of these guys are corporate back, but they want to act like they're so hood and they're so real and this and that. And so I just, I didn't, I didn't like what um, Steven Jackson was trying to do by hating on Shannon Sharp. Cause that's all I got from him was just jealousy and hypocrisy. So we're gonna watch this really quick here. Oh, how do I move this? Hold on. Okay, so we're gonna watch this clip of Steven Jackson basically talking shit about the Cat Williams Shannon Sharp interview. And then Shannon Sharp is on Ocho Cinco's podcast because he too has a podcast and they're talking about it. So we're gonna go ahead and watch this real quick. I should speak their mind. That's just what it is. I wouldn't let him. I wouldn't let him go hard as he did on a lot of people on our show. I just wouldn't because we got relationships with him. That's just what it. That's just what it is. You don't have a show, so you wouldn't know what you would do. We've done many. We've done hundreds of shows, so we know how to handle that type of shit. Whole world talking about the cat interview. The whole world. Everybody giving their opinions. But I can't speak on it because I'm so live. It ain't got nothing to do with you. But go on everybody else pay and tell them that too. Now, when I first got into the podcast, yeah. ain't nobody take no shots at me. Yeah. Because I was under them. You see? Yeah. As oh. I started to rise. 
I have a question. Would you ever reach out to this individual and just, just have I'm a little talk? I'm done. He no. in this space, I'm in my space. I'm good. Yeah. I, I don't know how you feel. See, you can find out a lot about a person how they feel when they don't think when you're not around. See, don't talk good to my face. See, I need see, Ocho, I don't need you to talk good to my face. I need you to talk good behind my back. All right, child. Let me go ahead and get back on this screen. All right, so you guys just heard what Stack Five had to say. Oh, if he was on my platform, I wouldn't let him just, you know, go in on everybody. Oh, let me he definitely gets the tiny violin. Near, 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 near. He wasn't on your platform, so let's start there. He was on Club Shay Shay. Second of all, you're a hypocrite. You're saying that you weren't allowed him to, like, you know, talk reckless and speak his truth because you have relationships. Meaning that you care more about these celebrity relationships than getting the, cele than getting the truth out there. Another thing is he claims to be so real. Remember, this is the same grown-ass man who was on O Block, who went to O Block. As a grown man who's worth all of this money, who has things to lose, who's perpetuating bullshit, he went to O-Block to go check in, okay? So he's been a clout chaser. On top of that, what I find very funny is that he says that he would never sit there and, you know, key key and laugh and, and allow Cat Williams to do what he did. Oh, how we forget. Now, on his podcast that he has with Matt Barnes, and mind you, before they got the All Up In Smoke podcast, nobody was checking for either one of them like that. The Up In Smoke podcast has been the best thing that has happened to Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson, okay? Remember before this, Matt Barnes was always viral for getting into it, you know, with his baby mama, you know, when she was messing with Derek Fisher, and then uh, the new baby mama that he's with, um, they got into it. That's what Matt Barnes was always known for on social media, outside of basketball. So now, you know, they, they're doing their podcast thing. But my thing is this. I find it very funny that he's saying that. But let me find this clip here. Again, all my stuff got shut down. So I got to pull it back up here. It's a clip of him. Here it is. Is this you, Steven Jackson? Let me go ahead and pause this real quick. And let me share my screen. We're going to watch this together. Remember, y'all, he just said that he would never allow Shannon, uh, excuse me, Cat Williams to do what he did. He would have never did that on his platform. He'd have been respectful. Now, this was him with Charles Oakley clowning Isaiah Thomas. So y'all watch this and watch everything that Stephen A. Smith is doing in this clip. By a lot of people. <laughs> Scotty. <laughs> Uh, Isaiah, Isaiah, well, Isaiah talk about himself. He, he, <laughs> don't know why I like Isaiah on the one. I don't know what's up with Isaiah. He's just too sneaky, you know. He, he always think he ain't too sneaky, you know. He, he always think he. But when you, when you almost got ran out of this league. So now that's Isaiah Thomas's fine ass. Okay. So what's so funny is, remember he said that oh he would never. I would never allow Cat Williams to disrespect other people and just let him just go on unchecked because that's what Nori did to Kanye and all that other nonsense, right? But in that clip, we just seen him allowing Charles Oakley to go in on Isaiah Thomas. He's laughing. He's kicking. <laughs> just laughing his little heart out, right? So now Isaiah Thomas um, 
comes to the Up and Smoke podcast and he's basically confronting Steven Jackson and saying, you know, it's funny that you would be up here kikiing with Charles Oakley about me, but you forgot I saved your ass. So we're going to go ahead and watch this real quick. Where we at? In Indy? And yeah. Remember that call you made to me? And I called oh. the commissioner up. Man, I forgot about that. Jack, you was out. I was done. You was done. You was done. Said a lot about a lot of people. <laughs> Scotty. The hypocrisy is rich. The hypocrisy is rich. Just say you were jealous that Shannon Sharp got way more views than anything that Up and Smoke podcast has ever done. And leave it at that. For him to sit here and act like, oh, you know what I'm saying? I can't believe that he would just sit there and allow that and this and that is BS because he's done the same thing. He didn't check Charles Oakley. He sat there laughing and kikiing about the situation. So I thought that was very interesting. I thought that was very interesting. See, that's one thing about us over here, tea sippers. We keep receipts. We keep receipts. So he's full of crap. No, just say that you're in your feelings because Shannon Sharp done came out of nowhere with that strong ass Southern accent and that lisp, okay? And he's doing numbers. And it is just what it is. And I like Club Shay Shay. Even before the whole Cat Williams thing, I've shouted out Club Shay Shay before. I've watched it. I loved his Michael Blackson interview. I watched the DC Young Fly interview that he did, I want to say maybe about a year ago. Um, he just makes people feel at home. So, yeah, it was just funny. Like, he was just saying all of this. Yes, the Aquarius energy is very real. It is. He was saying all of this, and you've done the same thing. You've let your guests, you know what I'm saying, just roll out and, and clown people. I mean, he called Isaiah Thomas stinky and you laughed. Like, that was uncalled for. We don't need to know if that man stinks or not, you know? So again, it just shows you that a lot of these folks are not really friends. They're all jealous of each other behind the scenes, backbiting. And I'm glad that Shannon Sharp is like, no, I don't want a relationship with them. I don't want to do anything with them. There's nothing to talk about. Let them stay in their lane. I'm going to stay in my lane. You know what I'm saying? So I'm glad that was addressed. Let me see what else here. Okay, so yeah, this is just the year of exposure. Now we got to talk about this situation with Armand and Young Miami. Let me see if I have... Mm, Let me go back to my history tab because some of my stuff, some of my stuff disappeared. Hold on. I think this was the, I think this was the clip. Okay. It all started with DJ Academics, of course. You know, he's always, you know, going back and forth with some damn female. So it really started with him. And then Armand got dragged into it. I'm trying to find the article with Armand. So I can read it. I got one of his clips on here. Is this it? No. Okay, I think this is the one. Hold on. Okay, yep, this is it. Okay. Sorry about that. Okay. So, 
DJ Academics was going in once again. He was dragging Carisha. And um, Armand had kind of reposted it. So we're going to watch this really quick. I haven't seen this whole little thing. I just seen like the post, so. Fingers clear, but that, that, but that face is full of urine. Sorry. Gary. The music you made is whack. I'm not even here to bash you. I'm here to actually just encourage you. You failed at everything in life. You failed at being a sugar baby. Because Diddy just cut you off. You won't even defend your man no more. Before you was jumping out talking about you love getting pissed on. Now you won't even defend him. You won't even talk about him. So you failed at being that. Failed at being a musician. Even your diss song to a nigga that everybody hates. They even say it. Hey, we're usually here for a... It, put it like this, a saucy Santana nigga. Even when he dropped the song against me, they were like, hey, saucy, you ate. Everybody said, you're whack. Okay, child. Anyways. So that's what DJ Academics had to say. So Armand reposted on his page and he said, you fail at everything in life with a crying face emoji. That's all he said. And um, he wrote, failed at everything in life is crazy when your biggest accomplishment is a blue check mark on Twitter. I Googled you to humor myself because I knew, I just knew you won in life. All that popped up was this tweet, you're a YouTube, your main website page, your career, you're a YouTuber about hip hop rap. So that was somebody replying back to Armand. And then Young Miami says, at Armand Wiggins, I saw you in person and you was on mute, remember? Armand says, no, I don't remember that. I remember you being rude and acting as if you had a stick up your ass. Remember I offered you a seat. You know, right before you got put out of Yo Gotti section, remember? Let's be clear, I am the reason you and everyone you came with was at the Beyonce concert. This was in, um, in LA. Uh, then she says, bitch, I never got put out of nobody's section. Me, young Miami, bitch, lie again. I had a sponsored section for free when I got there. You was in my seat. I was confused. Imagine me, wait, imagine you offering me a seat in what lifetime? Then Armand says, you know you got put out that section. You was clout chasing, feeling fad, being rude and ungrateful with a nasty attitude. Then try to go into the section next to us because it was empty. Yo Gotti and his people came and you got the boot. Then DJ Academics fake ass tried to jump in it. Now, that's what I don't respect because any other time he acts like other YouTubers don't exist except for his little, you know, cabal click, you know, Vlad and uh, Adam22 and stuff like that. Because I remember a few months ago, he tried to copyright Armand on Instagram and Armand had to go off on him and he acted like Armand didn't exist, but then you want to, you know, throw copyright claims. So here he go trying to jump in it and says, don't let her talk that money talk with you, nigga. Why she ain't get on that with me when I was violating? Niggas only way on earth she got more bread than Big AK is if she got it by selling that 30-year-old pussy to Puff Daddy, a whole billionaire. And then he says, hello, Carisha, we've been waiting for you. Whatever you can say about me, I done explained it. When your nigga... When your nigga was, I don't know what he said, piss in your face, finna respond though. You been Diddy side bitch till now. You ain't claiming no more. Where you sign at? 
So on top of that, you know, they were going back and forth. And there was another, there's another um, post. Let me read this as well. Give me just a second here. Because this one is on my desktop. Okay. This is important, so I want to... I want to show y'all this other post that Armand wrote. All right, so Armand says, baby, those were all my seats. The nigga that booked you is my nigga. You was actually the second option. I called Cardi B first. She was busy. Then I called Freshy. That video that you're posting is from my nigga's phone, dummy. So. Let me go ahead and come back on here. All right. Woo! It's a lot to say about this situation. Now, let me say this. Like I said, we're in the age of Aquarius, okay? And I know a lot of times y'all like to act like these celebrities are above us YouTubers. You know, we're just, you know, raggedy-ass YouTubers. We just sit here on camera and talk shit. Um... One thing I'm going to say about this is Armand was not lying. And y'all know I don't play when it comes to my integrity and my brand. I'm not going to stick my neck out there for anybody. But I remember when all of this took place, me and Armand had a conversation about this months ago. He never brought this to the internet. You know, that's the one thing about me when I'm close with people and I'm cool with people, they feel very comfortable with me to tell me stuff because they know one, I'm not recording shit. They know I'm not gonna run my mouth. I'm not gonna take it back to the internet. Whatever people tell me, stay safe with me. I'm not about to run back be like, oh, I heard this or our mom said this. I don't do that. You know what I'm saying? So I remember he was telling me, cause I was asking, you know, well, how did, how was the Beyonce concert? Cause I didn't get to go to go see Beyonce. So I was trying to find out, you know, his experience, how it was and stuff like that. And I was like, I seen you, you know, hanging out with Tana Mojo, whatever her name is, and the Diario girl. I was like, how did y'all end up connecting? So he was telling me about it. He was like, they were really cool, very humble. Um, and Armand's boyfriend is a sweetheart. From the time I first met him, when I met them years ago, I told Armand, I said, he's a keeper. You know what I'm saying? He knows how to play his position. Just very cool, very down to earth. I love his boyfriend. And so he was telling me that, you know, he got a new position and that, you know, they were trying to get influencers and they were able to get the whole, you know, the whole suite for the Beyonce theme. But they also wanted influencers um, to help push the clothing line and stuff like that. I'm like, that's dope. And, you know, Tana and Diaria, I don't know if I'm saying her name right or not, but they have millions of followers. So it made sense that, you know, they booked them. So they had also wanted a celebrity. And I know at that time he was trying to get Cardi B. But that was around the time of Wave's birthday. And Offset was also busy. Freshy, I don't know if he's still Offset's manager, but he was Offset's manager at one point in time. I know when I went to Cardi B's last party, Freshy was there as Offset's manager. So Cardi was like, you know, contact Freshy. Maybe Freshy can get some people for you. He's not lying about any of this. Okay? And this is just me vouching. He told me all this months ago. And so they ended up contacting and getting a hold of City Girls, okay, Carisha and JT. And he told me this back then that he was like really surprised at their attitudes. 
Their attitudes were very nasty. They thought they were better than the influencers. See, and this is why we are now in the age of Aquarius because all these people are getting exposed. They thought they were too good to sit in a box with Diaria and Tana because those are just YouTubers. Those are influencers. We're musicians. We're rappers. I'm dating Diddy. So that's why they didn't want to sit in that box. So they try to scoot their asses over to Yogati's box because they didn't want to be around other YouTubers. Okay? So let, let's let's make that very clear. A lot of these celebrities, they love for y'all. Is Diera? Diaria? Y'all are spelling it different. Diera. Okay. D okay, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing right. I'm seeing the spelling of my name, but there's a lot of R's in there. So Diera. Okay. The one that was dating that young man and they ended up breaking up, De'Aaron Ken, I believe that was his name. So they were acting like they were better than both of these young women, okay? This is a bitch who done sat on Revolt TV in front of the world and said that she likes to get pissed on. But you think you better than me? Because I'm a YouTuber, girl, bye. So they caught themselves going into a different box to, you know, get away from the YouTubers. But what happened is... Once Yogati, Gorilla, and their peoples came, that box was for them. Y'all got the move. Y'all not with our, you know what I'm saying? Y'all got to move. And so they felt the way. Now, Diddy wasn't there, but Diddy had a box there. And in Diddy's box, the twins were there. The baby mama who just had the little Blasian baby. His families and his peoples were in a box. Carisha wasn't over there in that box. So she already felt a way that she wasn't in the Diddy box with the twins and the baby mama. That they had the nerve to have her in a box next to YouTubers. So for people saying, you know, how did this, how would a YouTuber be able to get her into a Beyonce concert? Y'all don't know what goes on behind the scenes. See, a lot of these celebrities and these female rappers have y'all gas thinking that they're better than what they really are. A lot of them have nothing more than a face and a bunch of fake followers, padded followers, to make it seem like they're bigger than what they are. There's a situation that happened the other day with one of my really good friends in Atlanta. And I'm not going to go into depth because, again, I don't want to, you know, run my mouth. But that same nasty attitude that she has online and, you know, her crew and Saucy and all them, they have that same attitude in the real world. And it's really sad. You know, at the end of the day, he didn't lie about any of that. That was his suite. That was the video. He showed me the video. His boyfriend and that company, they got all of that for them. And they didn't appreciate it, wasn't no thank you, no nothing. They wanted to go to the Beyonce concert. They ended up flying to LA to go to it. And then they were giving those free, those tickets were at least like probably 3,000 plus tickets that they were given. And they were so ungrateful and nasty. So I, you know me, I'm, I'm always gonna keep it real. Like, so when I seen that, I was like, uh-uh. No, that's what, that's what we're not going to do. That's what we're not going to do. We're not going to sit here and act like all of a sudden because somebody's a YouTuber or somebody, you know what I'm saying, is an influencer on YouTube, that somehow they're beneath you. That was Armand's box. His boyfriend 
and their company had that whole suite. And she thought she was above sitting there because it was with other YouTubers. So we're not gonna do that. And one thing about me, y'all, I don't play that. I'm gonna speak the truth. And what I also find funny, and, and I know for, for, I don't know if Armand's gonna address it because I know when I've spoken to him, sometimes he feels a way that anytime he holds a female, especially a black female accountable, then it's all oh, your gay man attacking black women. Yes, you do have some gay men who just go out their way. They're always attacking black women. But right is right, wrong is wrong. Now, you notice he didn't call her a B. He didn't call out her, uh, uh, her name. But she was uh, he was all types of bitches and F you and this and that. And you ain't got no money. And But if he would have came at her with the same smoke, it'd have been he's attacking a black woman. So again, sometimes people love to, you know, dish it and then they can't take it. And I also find it very interesting that she's very vocal about this bullshit. Okay. DJ Academics, he's just being messy. I, I don't, I really don't care about him one way or another. Cause like I said, he's only involving himself in this because it has to do with Carisha. Any other time he acts like Armand don't exist. So that was some fake ass shit on his end. But my thing is, it's very funny that she has so much to say about, you know, our mom being beneath her and our mom would never get her a section and all this dumb shit, okay? When he specifically called Freshy and all y'all was there acting a fucking fool. She's very vocal about this nonsense, this petty nonsense. But when it comes to her pissy ass boyfriend that she was holding up signs for and hanging, and love you, poppy, she hasn't said anything. She's very quiet about that. I wonder why she's so quiet about that. Because she was just as, she was just as involved in them disgusting freak-offs. We've all seen her with the white nail polish. And let's not forget when she got into it, that other girl, was her name Dina Tran or whatever, the other little Blasian girl? Remember the other one that he was fucking? That she claimed, I think Gina claimed that Diddy beat her and stuff like that. Remember, what was one of the things that she said to that girl? Bitch, you a eater, and I'll make Diddy make you eat my coochie. Y'all remember that? Gina, oh, Gina Huen? Gina Hun? Yeah, Gina. Y'all remember that? She called her an eater. Says she'll make Diddy make her eat her out again. So that's why she's quiet. She got all this smoke for Armand. But no smoke for that perverted demon, Diddy. Very interesting. Because she's probably one of them chicks. That's how she gets down. She's willing to do anything to stay in the limelight. Nobody's checking for her music. The show is gone. And even then, the show only came on every few months. So I'm willing to be pissed on. I'm willing to have threesomes. I'm willing to put my body at risk for this old pervert just so I can stay in the limelight. And now that this old pervert has lost everything, because let's not forget, remember we posted today, they finally cut ties with his ass. But I told y'all this months ago, this idiot was nothing but a glorified influencer, but y'all swerping down I was hating. Let me go ahead and share this tab.
Ain't this her man, my man, my man, my man, my man? Sean Diddy Combs and the alcohol giant Diageo have reached a settlement Tuesday to resolve a lawsuit over their sour tequila partnership, ending a bitter legal battle that saw the embattled hip hop star and mogul accuse the company of racism. Oh, not racism, poo. All the black folks you done shitted on, sir? Oh, okay. Uh, Combs, who is now facing multiple sexual assault lawsuits, claimed in the lawsuit that Diageo had breached their agreement by failing to adequately support De Leon, his De Leon branded tequila. In doing so, he accused Diageo treating his product line worse than others because he's black. Oh! <laughs> this is rich. Coming from a man who has not only treated his own artists like they were beneath him, took their publishing, put it in his son's name, put it in his mama name, and now you're crying and accusing somebody of treating your brand like trash because you're black? Sounds like karma to me. Then they go on to say the detailed terms of Tuesday's settlement were not disclosed, but Diageo and Combs said in a joint statement that the agreement that the agreement would leave the two with no ongoing business relationship, removing Combs from any further involvement in not just De Leon, but also the company's popular Ciroc Vodka. Okay? And uh, this was my comment that I wrote on there. I said, this weirdo was nothing more than a glorified influencer. He never owned any part of Ciroc yet spoke down to people as if he were a real boss with a liquor with liquor distribution abilities okay so it's very interesting like i said now that the money's gone honey she's quiet she's very quiet let me see if i can find this other video of diddy that i got oh 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 let me go ahead and, who remembers this video Let me share this real quick. Who remembers who remembers this? Because he used to act like child, like he like he was in the distillery brewing Ciroc and shit. He had to like all just this was all his. You couldn't tell him nothing. He had the nerve to try and go up against Hennessy, child. Who remembers this video? Can't play the whole thing because there's music. But who remembers this? Hennessy. I know the people at Hennessy are somewhere laughing their ass off. Like, oh, he tried it. He tried to, he went so hard for this company and to find out that this weirdo didn't even own anything and he was literally a glorified influencer. And got the derby trying to call out Hennessy. Talking about come out and play. <laughs> and you know what's even more sad though, to be honest with you, all jokes aside, is, you know, this whole Ciroc partnership has been around for over 20 years. A lot of, I can only just imagine like how many young people ended up being binge drinkers, alcoholics, because 
of him constantly promoting this liquor line, this Ciroc. Because a lot of people drunk it because they really thought they were helping out the black man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we're not drinking them other brands. We're, we're drinking Ciroc because Diddy owns it. It's owned by Diddy. Diddy was the face of Ciroc. He was the face. So a lot of people bought Ciroc, got drunk off Ciroc, okay? Did a lot of strange things for some change off of Ciroc because they thought they were supporting this black man's brand. Only to find out years later, he was only the face. He didn't even own stock in there. They were just cutting him a check, just like they do influencers on YouTube to promote shit. But these are the same people who would talk down to regular people. I'm a billionaire. I'm this, I'm that, I have this and that. But his business really wasn't in place like that. Because if his business was in place, he wouldn't be crying 20 years later about racism and how they're not promoting De Leon. It's called karma. So to me, him and Carisha, they're two peas in a pod. They deserve each other. They're two peas in a pod. The way she treats people and talks to people, she's just as nasty as he is. Everybody thought, oh, well, he's with her because she's young and, you know, she's a pretty girl. I'm not going to take that from her. But there's more to it. He can get any young pretty girl. They have a similar disposition. So I just didn't like that. I had to keep it real. I didn't like the whole back and forth and people dragging Armand like he's a liar and like he's beneath her and like, you know, he would never have access to, to the Beyonce concert, let alone a whole suite. You don't know what we have access to. But y'all keep allowing these celebrities to gash y'all up and they really treat their fans like trash. A lot of them wouldn't spit on you if you was on fire. You know? Yes. What's up, Eloho? She says, uh, similar spirits attract. I completely agree with you. They do. They have a very similar spirit. And I, I'm just tired of this. That's why I told y'all, even to all my tea sippers who came out here for my New Year's party, when we had the Zoom meeting right before I got sick, and I was saying, like, you know, the, the pendulum is, is shifting. There's really not going to be a such thing as celebrity. This is why a lot of these celebrities are now, they've been running to YouTube and they're running to start podcasts. And the rap game is not paying. The acting game is not paying anymore. You see Taraji, she won't stop fucking crying. She's constantly crying during every interview. The money is not money in. So what they're trying to do now is take over the spaces for regular people. And I've been saying that for years. You have regular content creators who got it out the mud and they want to take over these spaces. That's why you have so many corporations now coming to YouTube and they're giving these streamers who are once independent, they're giving them these big bags so they can eventually control them. Because social media now is the new television. Nobody's watching television like that anymore. So don't let these people act like you down here and they're up here. Ask yourself how many of these so-called, you know, celebrities actually do stuff for their fans are actually willing to like go hard for their fans and, and, you know, do events for their fans or do they only do events with other celebrities, other people that they feel are better than, 
who are on their level because y'all are down here. Y'all are just good enough to buy their music, watch their movies. But other than that, they don't care. So again, you have to start speaking with your likes. You have to start speaking with your follows. A lot of these folks are getting a rude awakening. And you can tell it it's real because you'll go onto Instagram and you'll see a celebrity who has 4 million followers. But then when I go down to the comment section, the comment section says something else. How you got 4 million followers and 100 comments? That don't make no sense. They're buying views. They're buying follows. They're padding numbers. Because folks are tired of the nonsense. So yeah, I just, I wasn't feeling that at all. I wasn't feeling that at all. And you know, one thing about me, I'm gonna speak my truth. And I just, I didn't like the fact that everybody was coming at him real sideways on some because she's a celebrity and she's verified and she has all these followers that somehow she was telling the truth. No, the fuck she wasn't. I knew about this whole situation months ago before they ever got into it. And neither one of us ever spoke on it publicly. He could have been messy, did a whole, you know, YouTube stream about her attitude and what she, because it, it went even deeper. And I'm not even going to say everything that went on. I'm just giving y'all the light version. If he wants to come and, you know what I'm saying, uh, pour the Ciroc bottle on the fire, then our mind can do that. I'm just going to give y'all the light version. But she's a liar. She was only there because of our mind. There was no, when you see me, you were on mute. Absolutely not. Not when he booked you. You should have been grateful. See, what it is, that's projection. She wants to take out her issues with DJ Academics and take it out on our mind. She really should have been arguing with DJ Academics. So, oh shit, we got 9,000 people in here. Okay, all right. Welcome, 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 child. What time is it? 7.36. The stream is going good. It's quiet. I don't feel like anything's about to crash. Y'all can hear me and see me. Okay, new computer. <laughs> Shout out for the new computer, y'all. Like, I feel so happy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, let's see here. Uh, good Judy in the chat says, lovely T, like how all these comedians are fighting. But how many of them have checked on Sinbad? Or have donated to his hospital fund. Mmm. That's sad. I didn't know that. I agree. Look, everybody said, go new computer, go new computer, go. Go new computer, go new computer, go. I feel good, y'all. Because y'all know y'all come to a lovely tea stream. It's going to be some type of technical issue. It's either going to crash. How do you gonna go out? It's always something. But y'all are so patient with me, and I, I really appreciate that. Um, somebody said, what is going on? What did I think about the hold on? About Fox Soul. Oh, the funky Dineva and Claudia. I didn't really keep up that much with it just because, like I said, I've been sick. So at this point, I'm trying to catch up and it's information overload. But I know he said he left because of the pay. He wasn't getting paid enough and he can make more on his platform. And then I think like the next week, it seemed like they were going back and forth. There was all this bickering. 
Um, again, child, it ain't, you know, I'm going to mind my black ass business. I just, I don't care enough. I think that's between them. Um, like I said, a lot of these people, it's just business relationships. I think a lot of people in this industry, they use people. I think they used him because he already had, you know, his funky bunch. He already had his fans. So what better way than to try and get our YouTube channel popping by bringing on an established YouTuber because he's been on YouTube for years. So I think they were kind of low-key using him and he was also low-key using them, you know, because they were on television, I believe. Uh, you could catch their show on TV. And it was like a step up. It was something different, right? Going into like a professional studio outside of the home. But like I've always said, I've never cared about that. Um, not saying that I would never do it. I just don't care one way or another because I've always known that my bread and butter is right here. It's not like, and I've had Fox Soul ask me before to do things. You know, they've gone through my management. And I'm not saying it was Fox Soul, like Claudia Jordan's show or anything like that. I don't see her really working with women like me, to be honest with you. She wants to be the only one. So she'll work with the gays. She'll work with the transgenders. But as far as like another black woman who's smart, who's, who's quick-witted, who's articulate, like, no. Um... And I mean, they had the queen, the, the, what was that? The queen's court. I mean, they did that, but those were all like celebrity women. You know what I'm saying? But I don't see her like plucking, you know what I'm saying? Like the likes of me for her show. But they've asked me before, they've asked me through management. And my whole thing is, I felt like I would bring more to their platform than I would ever get back. You know, that was just my opinion. Like, I feel like, you know, I'm here, I produce my own show. I don't have to split my money with a producer and the editor and the lighting tech and you know any of that stuff. So I think Funky has come to the realization that he can do better on his own platform and there's nothing wrong with that. And then I'm also hearing, um, I think they're also getting their own YouTube channels or I think they've been had their own YouTube channels, but I guess they're doing their own thing on YouTube too on top of the Fox Soul thing. So maybe they're kind of doing what Funky's doing now too. Like, let me make extra money by giving commentary on my own channel. So, um, but I don't know what, who's the other guy? Who's the other uh, guy on there? The light-skinned dude? The other co-host? I'd be forgetting his name. I remember they said he was supposed to be spilling some tea, but I haven't heard anything yet. So I don't know. Al, yeah, sorry, Al, Al Reynolds. Okay, Al, him. They said he was supposed to be saying something. He was supposed to be speaking up on the situation. Did he ever say anything yet? Yeah, when I say I forget people's names, I'm not saying it as disrespect, child. I have brain fog. It's like once you get older in age, like I see his face in my head. I see his glasses. But it's like as you get older, you just like shit just, it just disappears from your mind. Like you can see it, but like you can't verbalize it. So I need y'all to help me. Auntie's getting older, child. Like, damn, I hate that. So I'm not saying it to like, to be disrespectful. I really suffer from brain fog at this point. It's sad. Did he reply back yet? <laughs> Somebody says Star Jones' ex-wife. Oh, y'all are messy. Not the ex-wife. <laughs> Star Jones' beard. <laughs> Y'all are messy. Uh-uh, not you getting brain fog at 26, uh, Merle. You ain't got no damn brain fog at 26. If you think it's bad at 26, wait till you get to be my big age. Like, I, I hate it. 
but y'all really be helping me out so i appreciate it because y'all would be like nah it's this i'm like oh thank god for the chat honey <laughs> thank god for the chat <laughs> um okay they said okay tjf is with alan claudia it's on youtube not tv oh so that's only on youtube i always thought they were on television well which one is on tv was that mike hill's show i thought they were also on tv okay well like i said you know at the end of the day they're all grown you know if they want to go their separate ways and if funky wants to do his own thing on his channel he has every right to because again why put more into somebody else's you know platform than your own why put more into somebody else's brand than your own you know what i'm saying just like when um the weirdo uh vimeo remember they tried to send me a bill for thirteen thousand. i said the devil is a lie a thirteen thousand dollar bill top about the tea sippers done ran up the bandwidth and we got to charge you for bandwidth even though i pay them a bill every month to even be on their platform i said why would i pay y'all 13 grand for bandwidth when i can take that same amount of money and build myself an app and totally revamp my website and pay for my own damn bandwidth i'll be damned so, you know, it just makes sense to just, you know, do your own thing if you can. Uh, Mevelyn Elephant. Hold on, he was saying, he said, T, we lived through VCR, through the VCR era. We are old as fuck. <laughs> Man, VCRs were hitting though. Not everything is about streaming. I miss the VCR era, honey. Be kind. Make sure you rewind. Y'all remember that when you get uh, the videos from Blockbuster, like, be kind, make sure you rewind. Yes, I missed that era. <laughs> okay, so now let me read some uh, some super chats here. I'm going to go ahead and get on to the other stories. Um, ooh. Hold on. Buttercup said, said $9.99. She says, all this Zeus drama started because Krishan wanted 200 k <laughs> We're going to get on to the Zeus drama in just a second. We are. Um, let's see here. Alana or Elena? Alana says, send five, says, T, did you hear about the tunnels under the synagogue in New York? Yes, I did. And I saw that dirty, pissy stained mattress and that um, high chair. Why is there a high chair underneath the synagogue? Why was that pissy ass mattress underneath the synagogue? And if you do more research, the rabbi of that synagogue, he was accused of abuse a few years ago, of abusing a lot of kids. So I'm gonna leave it at that, child. Yes, that mattress looked disgusting. And then they was just popping out of tunnels and shit. I said, what in the world is going on here? So I don't know. Folks try to say it was because of COVID, C-19, excuse me. But them wasn't dug during no C-19. Them tunnels been there for a long time. And then you see how they was fighting the police in that video? Oh, they was throwing them bones. Hats were flying everywhere and shit. I said, ooh wee. They're trying to protect them damn tunnels. Moving on. But yeah, I did. I seen it. I seen it. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to do no, like, you know, video. But trust me, I didn't miss it. I did not miss it. 
Very, very interesting. Uh, Haley White sent 1999. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Uh, let's see here. JT sent 999 says, Hey T, happy 2024. I really took your advice when it came to people worshiping the obnoxious celebrity culture, especially with Ariana Grande and her new song for not taking accountability. Mm. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, I wish people would put more energy into loving themselves than putting into loving strangers and people who, you know, who don't really care about them, wouldn't do nothing for them. So uh, let's see here. L Stroke says AK is a R and Young Miami is a R apologist. Oh, they're both trash. Hmm. Okay. Thank you for the super chat. I appreciate you. Um, HF sent 499 says, T, you are looking fly and your content is fire. I would love to watch your deep dive videos. Where can I find them? Keep shining bright. <clears throat> Thank you so much. In order to see my deep dives, you have to be a member of YouTube or Patreon or the Discord. Um, the links are posted. If you go on to like the YouTube membership, you just have to scroll down. Um, I might repost the links. The, vi the videos are still up. The links are still up right now on Vimeo, but eventually everything, I have everything backed up. Eventually everything will be on my website um, and on my app. So that's where we're eventually gonna put all of my deep dives. But right now you can still watch them. They still have them up on Vimeo. They've been threatening to take them down. I told them do their best. You know, I don't care. I'm not paying y'all 13 grand. So they might be down. They might be up. I don't know. But it's it's a private link. So you have you can only watch it with the private link. And unfortunately, that is how um, I ended up with this $13,000 bill because people were passing the link. You know what I'm saying? So people who were not paying the $5 to see the videos were sharing the link and they drove up the bandwidth. So... That's why now I'm moving everything to my website and there will be no sharing of anything. If you want to watch the deep dives, you will pay for it or don't watch it because they take a long time to make and they're good. So yes, they should still be on there, but thank you so much. Um, let's see here. Marcel White says, random super chat. The days are stretching out a little now. The sun sets at 5 p.m. I still can't believe how fast this month has gone by like we were literally just waiting three weeks ago for my new year's event like we did the ugly christmas sweater party then we went out that saturday to club exchange and then we did the new year's party and the recap if you guys have not seen the highlight video um it's on my instagram page i have it pinned let me show y'all i can't show y'all a lot because it has music but the highlight video came out so nice I don't care what nobody says. I have the baddest subscribers. Like, my tea sippers are bad. Y'all are fine. Oh, okay, I can mute it. But, like, I mean, we went all out. It was such a good time. I think it's, like, Rod Wave. Yeah, if y'all y'all gotta watch it, it's such a cute highlight reel. I love it. Shout out to everybody who came. We just had a ball. So, at this point, I cannot believe that it's been three weeks since we had this party. Like some people came through, they, I'm just gorgeous. Just look at, look at my taste sippers. Just gorgeous, okay? You can't tell me, she look at King Darius. I mean, oh my gosh. We had such a ball. That's the DJ, DJ Relic, shout out to him. 
We had such a good time. Like it was just a ball. Yeah, y'all gotta watch the recap. It was it was everything. But um, yeah, I the the days are going. I'm sorry, the days are going by so quick. It's like insane how fast time is flying. You know, so I don't know. It's insane. Like everything is just flying faster and faster. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the realist sent 1999 says, T, do you remember growing to Disney Dreamers Academy with Stephen H? I was 15 at the time. I remember a photographer coming up to me trying to talk about X-rated movies. Disney Dreamers Academy? I don't know what that is. No, I've never heard of that. I'm sorry that happened to you. I've never heard of that. Hmm. Uh, the W sent forty nine nine. Thea W sent forty nine ninety nine. Thank you so much, Thea. I appreciate you. So let me see here. So I want to go ahead and get on, um, and talk about everything going on here with Zeus Network. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Whew. It is a mess. All right, let me find the Stunner Girl video. There's a few of them. She don't even look the same no more. I'm trying to find the short one on TikTok. I didn't even know Lemby was married to um, Janisha. I never realized they were married. The pretty lady that be hosting, I didn't know that was his wife. This man done got some fame and power, honey. He fucking everything at Zeus. All right, let's go here. Let's go on to TikTok. I think this was the video. This might be it. Um, her and Razor was they, they was going at it. Nigga, they was. I remember we. That, oh, that scene when we was on a jet. Okay, that what really happened when we was on a jet. The bitch was trying to check me, and I wasn't letting her check me. Then she started to shift her like her focus and her energy onto Scotty. I'm talking about this bitch. She was taking some shots and she got up like, Scotty, this is my dick. This is my dick, bitch. That's why you mad, bitch. This is my dick. And I'm going to fuck your nigga. Ooh, just out of nowhere. Like, this bitch was arguing with me and then just started thinking about Scotty. And so then we ended up fighting because she, when we was getting off the plane, she ran up in Scotty's face and she was like, this is my nigga. This is my dick. And then she was like, fuck you, stunner. In, in Scotty's face. I'm all the way in the back of the plane like, okay, bitch. I know I was on your mind, bitch, on my mind. But, like, she she told her, fuck you, Stunna. And she was arguing with her. So I was like, um, her and Razor, was they, they was good. All right, child. Let's, this is another one. Let me see if this one was it. It was one where she was, like, just spilling all types of ratchet tea. And I was here for it. And the bitch Natalie said the bitch don't even get no purses. She don't even get no good allowance. The only thing she get is her rent paid, and he got cameras in her house, so he could see everything she motherfucking do. And the bitch Natalie said the bitch don't even get no purses. She don't even get no good allowance. The only thing she get is her rent paid, and he got cameras in her house. So, so he Natalie is fucking let me too. I thought Natalie had a husband. My husband. Ooh, Stunner Girl is just spilling all the tea. Okay, let's let's see what she said in this one. 
You hide, like, why does it matter who you fuck? Like, you're already fu fucking. Okay, people add, I hate when people add music. Okay, y'all remember how her and Krishan had gotten to it that day? And she was like, bitch, you're gonna go in there and make my fucking money. I'm not gonna do shit. Ugh. Bitch, as soon as we got up in there, this bitch really tried to sit up in the back with me like she wasn't finna do shit. That man must have came over there and yanked that motherfucking mic like motherfucking Ike. And the bitch was Tina. Get the fuck up, bitch. Stand the fuck up. Okay, y'all remember how her and Krishan had gotten Okay, Stunner Girl is out here spilling all the Zeus Network tea. All right, um, for y'all who are asking who the hell is Stunner Girl, this is a bunch of ghetto-ass Zeus Network bullshit. Now, who remembers when I when I was in Atlanta? <laughs> I was getting ready for my live event that I did last April. Remember, I went out there. I was in Atlanta for like two weeks at this Airbnb, and they had Zeus Network. <laughs> and so I was there for two weeks in Atlanta, and that's how I got... Um, you know, I started watching like the baddies because the person whose Airbnb it was, they had Zeus Network. Yeah, I remember that. Put a teacup here. I remember that. This is how I found out about all this ratchetness. So, um, Stunner Girl is really pretty girl from Cali. Um, she's a rapper as well. And she was one of the little young girls that came on there. She was kind of just about that life. Like she has like the, the Cali. She reminds me of, like them girls from like Compton, Inglewood. She's just callied out the way she talks, the way she carries herself. And um, she just, she wasn't scared. Like a lot of the girls on the baddie show was hating on her. Cause I remember she fought that big old uh, Puerto Rican girl or Dominican girl, Biggie. I remember Biggie tried to fight her. Um, Tommy was going after her, but Stunner was holding her own. Like Stunner wasn't scared. She was like, bitch, I'm here. You know what I'm saying? And I noticed Krishan's energy was definitely different towards Stunner. Krishan didn't want no Stunner smoke, okay? So Stunner is basically saying that Lemmy um, is using his position as Zeus to be fucking all of these girls, okay? And they're saying that he's out here with the claps. Said he's out here clapping bitches. Not literally clapping, but... Spreading chlamydia. Back in the day, it was called the claps. I don't know what I don't know what the young folks call it now, but when we were growing up, it was called the claps. Okay, so I'm trying to find. Is this the one that DJ Sky? DJ Sky was caught speaking on it. Girl, look what. Okay, we're gonna come back to DJ Sky. I'm trying to find all my little clips here. Because we had some notes on here, but I'm trying to find the... You know what? I think the video might be on Armand's page. Let me go to Armand's page real quick. He had a bunch of videos. Because I want y'all to listen to like some of the, the audio. And what's crazy is that all of this started with Krishan. So I got to talk about the Krishan thing too. Damn. Okay. Let's listen to this audio. Armand has it on his page. 
And I'm going to tell y'all about the beef with Lemmy and Krishan as well. It's him just spreading claps. Okay. So why did you say I had it? Yeah, so but I just don't get how where I get but I'm trying to understand what she just so y'all was talking about wait, so y'all was talking about y'all fighting and she just randomly just said Anna got chlamydia by by Lenny? No, I never said that me and you fought because of that. I never even told her why we fought. We don't even fuck on each other. So, but my whole thing is, yeah, he can't have given you that because we wasn't even fucking on each other. This is during filming. I don't even understand what the fuck. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I told her I Yeah, so regardless, regardless of the fact is the bitch saying I was going around the other house saying that, when have we ever in house A been around each other while filming? Have we ever been around each other? Okay, why does chlamydia need spooky music? Like, come on with it. Like, can y'all stop adding music to everything? I just, I hate that. It's such a distraction. The music be too loud. Like, bitch, this is not like a permanent disease. Like, you just go to the doctor and get some medication. What, like, what's up with the spooky music? Like, she gonna have chlamydia for the rest of her life. Like, dude, stop. So that's basically Scotty and Anna talking, okay? No. And DJ Sky, I guess she leaked that conversation. Um, this is Lemmy's wife. Let me show y'all. She's the one. She does all like the hostings. Very pretty lady too. Uh, Janisha. So I'm very shocked. I didn't know that they were married. But okay. So. Let me also show y'all this. Let me go back to my page here. Okay. We're going to read some stuff. We're going to come back to read his statement. So this was um, Scotty and Stunner Girl took a screenshot. So I know somebody that talked to Anna. I don't know if I even want to tell you. Tell me. She said, let me gave her chlamydia. <laughs> Damn, bitch. She didn't have to pull your arm that hard. Damn. I don't know if I want to tell you. Tell me. She said, ready to just spill the damn tea. Okay. Damn. So Stunner Girl replies back and says, what the F? That shit's serious. Her close partner said it like it's a joke, but it's not. And the person who told me, she said it herself out her own mouth. He's never given me anything before. But then again, I go to the doctor. She also has a boyfriend that she fucks while fucking him. But I go to the doc regularly because I know what's going on. I take pills to make prevent. I got, okay, that don't even make no sense what she just wrote. Then this was in August. She said, what you doing? Annoyed as fuck. About to start these interviews. I know somebody that talked to Anna. I don't even want to tell you. To, okay, that's the same one. Uh, let's see here. So it's a Scotty again. Okay, I take pills to make prevent. I got BV back in December, ever since my doctor put me on pills. How many, how many different dicks are y'all bouncing on? Did you, you know, just permanent pills to prevent BV? 
sorry. I'm just saying, like, you know, things happen, right? Things happen with women with our bodies, so I'm not clowning that. But for the doctor to permanently put her on pills for to prevent BV, girl, how many random, you because that's what, that's what it comes from. Let's keep it real, ladies. It comes from when you're sleeping with multiple men, you got different peens, you know what I'm saying? Different pH balances running through you. Then she says, oh my God. Then Sunday says, but I take it as being funny T. You my partner, you feel me? I don't take it as. She says, I take my health seriously. So I appreciate you, Buki. Thank you for the heads up <laughs> though. Like for real, that's why I fuck with you. <laughs> oh, these girls is messy. And then she says, three, two, one, free the bitch from hiding. Mm. So now let's let's read what uh, Lemmy has to say. Okay, and I wrote this in the comment. I said, the pastor's son has now turned into the prodigal son. Because y'all remember I told y'all a long time ago, uh, Zeus Network was a Christian network back in the day. And his father was a very, very prominent pastor. His father is the one who started a lot of that television, um, uh, the evangelist television shows was started by his father. So for him to be just running around like this, this is sad. This is what he said. He said, people out here have nothing better to do other than make up wild stories and lies, probably because Zeus isn't signing their checks or funding their lives anymore. Folks need to find some business, preferably outside of Zeus, or if they wanna be on baddies, just say that. <laughs> That's very spicy, just say that. If not, they should go and focus on getting those monthly listeners up on Spotify. It's looking kind of light compared to them, compared to them so-called partners. They think they're out here clearing something, but they need to focus on clearing those records that's not coming out. Certain cast members have been off the show for damn near a year, but because they don't have any other <laughs> business or lives, watch it be, watch it be out me watch it be out me slash Zeus for the next 30 days, LOL. Okay, that was a very spicy response. So now, yeah, this is too much. I wasn't expecting all this, child. You got people on permanent uh, BV medication because they're bouncing out multiple dicks. You got, you know, the owner of Zeus. He's using his power, you know? And think about this. I believe this, okay? Because when I would watch the, what is that? Like, what was that called? The, is that the opener? Like what, the tryouts, I guess is what you could call it. You know how they would have people coming to try out for Zeus, like to be one of the baddies. There was girls showing up like with one leg. Remember that girl, she came up there, she had one leg. There was people with like in wheelchairs, like people were so desperate to be on this Zeus show. So imagine, yeah, the auditions. That's a lot of power for somebody to have. You got women who want to be on this show. They're willing to do anything, including fucking him. And these are just basic chicks from the hood. The only thing they bring to the table is coochie and, and fighting, right? That's really the, the only... Um, 
That's really how you need to be a baddie on this show. So think about this. If he's able to fuck all these so-called baddies, imagine the, the type of shit Harvey Weinstein was doing. This man is just the owner of Zeus. And look, at he's smashing the damn near the whole cast. Per Stunner Girl, allegedly. She said Natalie, Scotty, Anna. Hell, I wouldn't be surprised if he smashed Krishan. And that's just from him owning Zeus. So imagine the sick shit that Harvey Weinstein had these women doing. Because see, the difference is Harvey Weinstein could get you in an A-list movie. These bitches are on Zeus Network and they're busting it wide open, risking chlamydia, being on permanent BV medicine. So imagine all the cooch and residual cooch that were just played and, and tossed by Harvey Weinstein because these girls want to be in major movies. Ooh, the industry is dirty, honey. Industry is dirty. So somebody said they think he smashed Biggie. <laughs> somebody called him Lamidia. <laughs> I can't stand the chat. Not Lamidia. Oh, y'all are in here wild. We got over 9,000 people in the house. Shout out to y'all. We got 3,000 likes. Please, y'all, hit that like button, okay? I have nothing else to do. I feel good. This is my first stream back in the week. So let's keep going. All right, so... You know, I don't feel bad for Lemmy, but I'm going to talk about Lemmy some more. So now we're going to get into the whole Krishan versus Lemmy situation. And Krishan is even saying that Papa Diddy put hands on Lemmy too. Said Diddy had to check Lemmy about her money. And um, we'll talk about that as well. So we're going to watch this video really quick of Krishan talking about Lemmy owes her money. Krishan, see, Krishan is a joke at this point. The money is not money in. All her antics, all her foolishness is starting to wear down. The people don't care anymore. So now she's starting to, quote unquote, realize her worth. And she wants money now. She feels like, you know, she should be paid handsomely for her foolishness. So we're going to go ahead and watch this. Do that. It is. I mean, I was going to, but I'm starting to stick to um, if somebody's not paying me my value, or like, if you want to pay the fee for me to pull up, that's cool. I'm not pulling up there. But I hate that for um, us young black women, we're not really getting valued in this industry. So when you do say a price, they do try to play. So. My advice to that is to pray and be like, hey, God, get him. Because as soon as I say what I said, I start praying. Like, I don't know what this is, but they better pay me my rate. If not, Lord, let them know. Like, you know, like, because I don't, I really don't know how you get past um, that thing in the entertainment business when you know your value and your worth. So when you give somebody your price and they don't want to pay it, it's kind of like, I don't know. You feel me? They're not paying me enough to be one of my I know what 
the fuck is gonna go down and how it's gonna go down and what's gonna be brought up. I need to get paid for all that. Like, you feel me? Then I be humble. I've been fucking with uh, Zeus for a couple years now, but just gotta elevate. That's why, like, I won't do that unless I get the subscription. Like, I want the back. What the fuck? What is your problem? Right back. See, that's why Diddy jacked your ass up that day. When we was at the party, he grabbed me. <laughs> He grabbed Lily by his collar and was like, don't ever play with that girl ever again. Talk about me. Like, don't ever play with her. Like, like, because you don't play with their budget, play with talent. Like, y'all are playing with me. Like, <laughs> with her. Like, don't play with her. All she needs is love. Don't play with her. Don't play with her. And I didn't understand that till my checks start coming back short from the subscriptions of Crazy in Love. Till he start putting people, like personally putting people that doesn't me that I had like street beef with on the show. Um, where's the security at when all them people thought at like it was just like, come on, yo, you playing, you playing through the and I'm I'm so happy I ain't like you got jacked up for that shit already. So And, and be doing shit, y'all, putting the network on, and then all y'all do is just my face. I don't give a fuck. Two clicks of two clicks? The fuck? Y'all want the two clicks, so pay that two click. If you want the clickbait, pay the money. You have what I'm asking for, bro. And that's respectfully. I'm telling you, bro, like, this, like, should I real live? So we went back and forth in the messages. Why are you texting me? I, I said, why are you going on the internet? He's like, because you really went and said, I didn't say you specifically, Lemmy. I said, Zeus Network can't afford me. Because y'all know what y'all doing, bro. Y'all trying to like, you know what I'm talking about. You want to, but you want to use the, the star to, y'all just trying to shit on me. Okay, just pay me my money if you want to shit on me. <laughs> okay. So this is what Lemby wrote. Uh, let me pause this real quick. He says, if y'all only knew how much we paid our content partners, talent, etc., you'd be blown away. We pay significantly more than traditional networks. BT, VH1, Bravo, etc. Let's talk about it. <laughs> people want to come to a realization we've been saying this for the past two years you are out here acting a fool you're gonna eventually regret this these folks are using you and now that the checks are not checking now that the money is not money and all of a sudden you know she realizes her worth and you know just pray about it and I just I be asking God leave God out of this like stop bringing up God every time you're upset about something every time you're being held accountable. She wants to go on this guy rant. Why is she even comparing like what she does to like actors like Taraji and things like that? Like I see Taraji being upset and crying, you know, her not getting paid because she's actually acting. You know, she went to school for this. You have literally been blessed to make all this money for acting a fool. Not that you went to school to act. You're getting paid to act 
act a fool. And now that the money's not money in, you're upset. And then she's talking about, oh, Diddy, you know, checked him and Diddy choked him out and was like, just show her love. Let me tell you something about Papa Diddy, okay? He didn't check Lemmy because he cared about you, fool. He checked Lemmy to make himself look good to you. That was a part of the grooming process. Trust and believe if he wouldn't have been called out by Cassie, you'd probably be one of his little freak offs too, okay? So Diddy wasn't sticking his neck out for you out of his own kindness of his heart because we all know his heart is black. He was doing that so he could hit. Probably have you in a threesome with him and Carisha. Okay? So let's not give Papa Diddy that much credit. Now, again, this whole situation is a mess. And I'm going to say this. I don't feel bad for Lemmy at all. Um, I can respect the business, right? Because I get it. You can't just blame him and be like, oh, well, he puts on, you know, this show, it's trashy. These girls literally come out in droves to audition. Um, Zeus Network has rejuvenated a lot of washed up people's careers. Let's keep that real. And they've been getting a bag. And he's not lying because when it was a Christian network, when he was doing like the real pastors of LA and all that Christian stuff, nobody was checking for it. But once him and Natalie Nunn came up with baddies, you know, the subscriptions flew off the handle, right? But Lemmy, you got to understand this, sir. And you know this because you're the pastor's son. The devil always comes home to collect, okay? You literally sold your soul because you know what you're doing and what you're perpetuating and what you're behind. It's not cool. You wouldn't want your daughters to act like Krishan. You wouldn't want your daughters behaving in the way that a lot of these young girls, our daughters, our nieces, our little cousins are acting because unfortunately they have stupid ass gentle parenting, millennial, you know, Gen Z parents, or Gen X parents, whatever. And they're watching these shows with their five, six, seven, eight year old kids. And now you have all these kids who are out here fighting. They're talking like the baddies. They're popping their neck. They're all they want to do is fight. The schools are in chaos. Gen Alpha is in chaos. And we can thank not just your programming, not just Zeus. I don't want to just blame the black man and Zeus. We can also thank VH1, BET, and, you know, just a lot of this nonsense. You know, even the white folks. Don't you know, we're not going to just shit on the black folks. Uh, the Real Housewives. You know, some of them franchises have gotten very, very ratchet and low class. Look how many scammers were on the Beverly Hills franchise. So... You know, unfortunately, these shows do affect this generation of kids. And I'm eventually do like a, a reaction. I'm going to start doing more reaction videos. I know people have been asking for that in the new year. Um, I really want to talk about, because that Sephora uh, podcast that me and Emily did the other day, it really, I went down this rabbit hole with gen Generation Alpha, and it is really scary. These kids are just, whew. These are our future baddies and bad boys. And it's sad. So, you know, he wants to say that, oh, everybody's hating and he paid folks well and they're just mad because they're not getting checks anymore. It's deeper than that. These are the seeds that you planted, okay? And now the harvest is coming home. The chickens are coming home to roost. So you thought that you could have a show filled with narcissistic women who are manipulative, who are violent. All they care about is materialism. 
they're rude, they're disrespectful to each other. See, as long as they were disrespecting each other and fighting each other, it was cute. Yeah, we're here for it, you and your wife, because your wife is the host, okay? As long as y'all was able to get a bag off of, and I'm sorry, a lot of these women on this show come off to me as mentally ill. I don't think they're all there mentally. And this is not me trying to be a psychologist and diagnose people, but some of these chicks seem very, very off their rocker. The things that they get mad at, there was some bitch on there just drunk as a skunk constantly. Uh, the big, thick, light-skinned girl with the big old ass with all the tattoos, who just like, she just beat up Scotty for no reason. She would just be flipping out. So what the hell's wrong with her? And they kept her on this show. Y'all can write her name down. I forgot her name. The big thick one. This was like maybe two seasons ago. Just crazy. Just a crazy drunk. What was it? Razor. Thank you. That was her name. Thank you, Cameron. Razor. Crazy as cat shit. Bitch would just drink all day and just wake up. Ready to fight. I'm like, this is not normal. So I just find it very interesting that it was okay when these girls were getting drunk as a skunk and fighting each other and disrespecting each other. But now that your baddies are turning on you, now it's all this, oh, Lord Jesus, I didn't even do nothing wrong. I paid them well. Everybody's hating. No, uh-uh, uh-uh. Keep God out y'all's mess. I don't feel bad for him at all. These are your chickens coming. These are your chicken heads coming home to roost. <laughs> you know, so that's why I tell folks all the time, do not look at these shows, these reality TV people and, and you know, want to emulate them or feel like, you know, they're living the life. It's a facade. Once they yell cut and the lights go out and, you know, the cameras are off, they got to live with that. They got to live with that stigma. You know, it's not cute. And Krishan is seeing that now. Nobody's going to book her in real life for anything. Even today, you got to ask yourself, why does all this darkness follow this girl? You know, she's always screaming about God, but honey, what God are you actually worshiping? Because this it's a lot of darkness that follows you. Let me share my screen. This is what DJ Sky, this is uh, Krishan Rock's friend and babysitter. DJ Sky gonna write this shit. This is why I keep my kitty to myself all 2024. Y'all ain't clocking none on me. Girl, shut up. Nobody fucked him first. So now let me let me go ahead and put in Krishan because you know she's trending. She's always trending on uh, Twitter. Krishan. I'm not used to the, this new keyboard. Look at this mess. It's always, it's always something going on with this girl. It's just darkness follows, and she just thinks it's cute. She really thinks it's cute. Okay, so this is some type of ghetto dating show. Um, I think it's on YouTube, it's called 21. So like 21 people come up and you get to pick one of the 21 to date. So like all these men are vying for Krishan's attention for some reason, um, I guess. So all of a sudden some guys come up there and pistol whip one of the contestants. So that's what she's talking about. And this is the video here.
So they're speeding it up. So they take the footage and they start a whole fight. Disgusting. I don't want to show too much because, you know, YouTube censorship. I'm trying to find the video of her talking. I think both of them are it's different. I'm sorry. Mind you, you know you're not supposed to be doing this. You're asking to keep the camera from me, keep the camera from me. No, I told you no. The fuck wrong with you, and you go, but ask you to shoot. Like, what the fuck they doing? Get off my shoulders. Hey! Oh, no, 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 no! Hey! And she does the same thing as Cassie. Look, he took the camera. So if, if they try to book with somebody, yeah, through another name, then you know. This is disgusting. What if they came in there and just blew everybody away? Just shot everyone? And then look at her here, eating from the... This is supposed to be a pan of food for the whole cast. She's just eating, just digging out of it. I guess. Disgusting. I wish somebody would have did that at my party. You'd have been thrown out. Don't play that shit. Don't spread your damn germs. Don't know where your dick sucking lips have been. Better get your own personal plate and spoon. I'm trying to, okay, I think this is when she goes live. Look, bro. So look. He, he was. I'm trying to, there's like a whole video where she's going live. And then her and brother. nobody shot nothing. Like, what do you mean? And I'm, all I'm doing is working. I'm telling you, that's how I went. It went crazy. Like, niggas pulled out triggers and then didn't pull no trigger. But it was so weird. Like, I was, I was yelling so loud. You would think that he was trying to pull the trigger on me. I was really like, don't shoot. Like, Pity, like, let's go, let's go. Run out back. Who's waiting out back in the car? Like, what are you talking about? Now you're just telling dumbass lies. Like, shut up. No, you just Why don't you want you your name. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Her brother. Did y'all just watch the video? She was nowhere there. When they came running in, you did not see her near, near none of those guys with so-called guns. I'm so glad that at least one of her siblings is telling her about herself. This is insane. We just watched the video. Oh, I get Don't it. I get it. I get it. I get it. We just went through some weird shit. What are You're, you talking stop about? Stop mentioning my name. The fuck? Stop mentioning my name. We have nothing to do with that. I, exactly. So don't mention my name. Okay. Stop crying like a little bitch. No. For real. No. The fuck? Because that's what you was doing. Don't, don't mention my name. The fuck? You think shit is a the game? The fuck? Obviously it's not. Like you think it's a game. Who who's mentioning you? All right, child. So her brother had to check her real quick. Oh shit. See? But Elon Musk wears up and down. There's no porn on Twitter. Y'all just seen that. Oh God. Sorry. That was uh blue face ramming it up her ass. Anyways, child. You know, you can't freely scroll on Twitter without some porn popping up. Damn. All right. It's ridiculous. Mm -mm -mm. 
And then this fool, Blueface, is in prison. Or he's in jail. Talking about he loves it. We're going to watch this real quick. <laughs> that damn porn popped up out of nowhere. I had to hurt me. Click off. Okay, this is Blueface calling from jail. I love it here. Active, it's cracking. It's the only place you can go over and not go to jail for it. Because I'm already in jail for it. <laughs> oh, that's my crib, man. Hey, I love you, girl. You know I'm going to be home soon. Wait before the day. All right. You can't tell me that there's not some type of agenda. Like, what grown man goes to jail and says that he loves it? And, um, you know, it's, it's just, he's acting like it's the best, best place to be. That's sad. Because you have a lot of young boys who, you know, unfortunately or fortunately look up to Blueface. Uh, jail is not the place to be. Neither is prison. So, for him to call home and act like he's just having a good old funky time is just disturbing to me. So, I've been out here for over two hours, y'all. This has been a really good stream. We didn't have no issues. You know, for the most part, um, I think I got everything, you know, set up how I need it set up now. I'm gonna read a few more uh, super chats here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Wavy Taste at 99.99. Thank you so much, Wavy. He says, "Hey, Auntie, this is your favorite soldier reporting for duty. The reason why people are shaking in their boots is because the truth is being presented in an unfiltered way." Cat Williams has never folded nor backtracked. Also, the trailer for House of Dragons is out too. Ooh, I didn't even know the trailer was out yet. But thank you so much for letting me know. And thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate you. Yep, we, like I said, we're in the age of Aquarius. The truth is being told. People are being exposed. Um, Miss H sent $20. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Um, Queenie Sim 5 says, I've been watching you since the T-Fizzle Cinnamon Challenge. Happy 2024. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, sis. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jay says, how, oh, no, I already read that one. Um, Jillian Sim 49 says, hey, T, new member here. I've been waiting to join to focus on my LMFT exam. Now that I've passed, I'm ready to binge watch your deep dive videos. Thank you. You are so welcome and congratulations on passing your exam. Um, I'm Melvin J. Sent 1999 says, hey T, I've been watching you since middle school. Now I have my degree in mass communication. Zeus is not gonna have a happy ending. Surviving Lemmy coming down the line. Mmm. Thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate you. Yes, that's what he needs to worry about. See, the, the problem is right now, you have a lot of people who are not acting professional in professional environments. And we are living in an era of Me Too and Time's Up. So even if he's thinking these are consenting so-called relationships, these girls can come back and literally say anything at this point in time. They can literally say, you know, because of his position of power, he made me do this. He was pimping me out. So it, it's not a good look. And then I'm also hearing that some of the security people um, have been feeling away because a lot of security guards have been getting hurt on that show from trying to break up fights. So I, I don't know. I do not know. But thank you for the super chat. I appreciate you. Uh, Haley White sent 1999 says, girl, did you see the update on the Courtney 
Cleaning case, please do a video. I love to see your reaction. Who is Courtney Cleaning? I don't know who that is. Let me search it. Google. Oh, that white girl who killed that man. Yeah, we posted that. Um, is she not? She still hasn't gone to prison. She's still in court. Well, he liked them spicy. So I, I have nothing to say. I don't care about her. She's trailer trash and, you know, he was an idiot for talking shit about black women, but then getting with a white woman who exemplified everything that he supposedly disliked about black women. So good luck to them. She definitely deserves time though. She should go straight to prison. But as far as like anything else, I, I have no commentary. Now I did hear that that damn uh, Somalian girl lied. Somebody did send me that. Let me see if I find the video. I always suspected she was a liar. That weird ass girl who said she got hit with the brick. She's from Minneapolis, and a lot of people in Minneapolis told me she wasn't shit. But um, there's here it is breaking news. I knew her ass was lying. Weird ass girl. All right. I try to give her the benefit of the doubt, but it's finally come out, and this is why I don't support HoFundMe's. I've been saying this forever. Breaking, a woman who went viral after claiming a man assaulted her with a brick in Houston has been charged with felony theft by deception. Okay? After allegedly raising tens of thousands of dollars in a GoFundMe scam. Remember, update, this woman completely scammed everyone who donated to her GoFundMe, 40K to date. Here is the latest. The owner of the establishment looked through the footage, saw no evidence of the woman getting hit. She did not file a police report. Several people who work in the medical field have stated her injuries are consistent with someone having an allergic reaction to something. This, is, this truly was, in, was intriguing, but this woman played social media. Help Rhoda recover. So, it's been proven once again, another GoFundMe scammer. And like I said, I've been here since the early 2010s when scamming on social media was at an all-time high. I talked about this uh, during that case, the girl in Alabama, uh, I think her name was Kaylee or something like that, who claimed that she was abducted. Um, there's just been so many scams over the years. That's why whenever things, Carly Russell, thank you, Carly Russell. <laughs> I said Kaylee. Um, that's why whenever things like this come up, I don't run to, to go defend and, um, go have their back. And, you know, as black women, we need to stick together. No, as black women, we need to use common sense and not run behind everybody. Just because, like I said, just because somebody shares a vagina and we're the same color, that doesn't mean I'm about to just run to defend you and have your back. I rather wait for the proof to come out. And a lot of people were going hard for this girl. That's the sad part. Um, once again, I feel like a lot of these people are agents of chaos. Um, this caused a big divide between black men and black women. Once again, um, black men were seen as attacking a black woman and being violent. And then you had black men trying to defend themselves and going through her social media pages and making it seem like, you know, she deserved it. It just caused a bunch of mess. And I just wish that people would be emotionally mature and wait for the facts to come out and stop making it a black man versus black woman thing. 
because people always end up with egg on their face. Yeah, just like with Jussie, Jussie Smoothie. Remember people swarping down, you know, uh, Lee Daniels, my son. Yeah, okay, your son's a fucking liar. Um, yeah, I'm just tired of all these people. I just, I, I don't take them seriously anymore. Um, when these stories go viral, I just sip and shrug my shoulders. I, at this point, I just wait for stuff to come out, wait for the police, wait for more information. It just doesn't make sense to get, you know, emotionally invested. Um, like Cat Williams says, why do people lie? Liars just lie. They have, you know, they don't care. It's attention. Um, it's dopamine hits. They want to know that people really care about them. It's sad. Um, she should be forced to give back all this money. And she's being charged with a felony. And I hope that this, with them charging her with a felony, um, I hope it wakes up more people to stop scamming and to stop going to social media. How do you, I mean, just think about it. How do you go to social media and put up a GoFundMe before you go and get an actual police report? This girl's a clown. She's a clown. And she's been doing stuff, you know, attention seeking, looking for attention and stuff like that. And the sad part is, I remember there's a white girl that kept her foot on her neck and was just like, you know, basically dismantling her whole story. And everybody kept calling the white girl racist and saying, why is she in black people's business? You know, everybody's not racist. You know, everybody's just not being nosy. Some people just like to put the truth out there. The same way I got attacked for my Gorilla Glue, the Gorilla Glue Girl expose. So this bitch is a liar. And I broke it down. I was attacked and threatened and all types of stupid shit. But where's the Gorilla Glue Girl today? So, yep. Good on her. Somebody asked me, did I hear about the... 200 inmates that were buried under the jail. I did hear something about that. Um, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. Because a lot of times when people end up in prison, people forget about them. People are not, you know, unless, you know, you're popular or your family cares about you. A lot of prisoners are forgotten about, you know, out of sight, out of mind. So when things happen to them or they get killed or, you know, abused by officers, you know, society forgets about them. So I'm not surprised. I don't know like how long those bodies have been there. I don't know if they've been there forever, if these were like recent, um, you know, like in the last few years. Let me see if I can find the story. Yeah, it was in Mississippi here. Well, it's on TikTok. Let me see. Because I saw another TikTok video about it. It's very disturbing, though. Okay, we're going to watch this, this TikToker. Let me share my screen real quick here. <clears throat> 215 people were buried behind a Jacksonville, Mississippi jail in shallow graves with just a metal rod and a number, and their families were never notified. On top of that, some of the families to the people that were buried thought that they were still missing and complaining to police to find their missing loved ones. And now they're being told they have to pay a fee in order to have the bodies removed so they can give proper burials. None of this would have been discovered if it weren't for Dexter Wade going missing in March and his mother reporting it to the police and them telling her that they have no information.
His mother never gave up looking for him, and it wasn't until October where she found out that her son was struck by a police officer's car an hour after he left when he was crossing a nearby interstate highway. He had identification on him, and police never notified his mother and allowed his body to sit in a county morgue. It turns out her son was one of the bodies that was buried in the grave. Mind you, Damn. she had been calling the police department every week asking if they had any information on her son, to which they said they had nothing and then in July because nobody apparently claimed his body they decided to bury it when a new investigator was added to the case that's when she found out what happened to her son and where he was buried and she was finally able to go to his grave site she broke down while praying saying I'm so sorry this happened to you but mama didn't know mama didn't know and they still made her pay to remove his body my opinion, I think the family members of those buried need to get together and file one fat lawsuit against the police department because that is disgusting to say the least. 215 wow. people were Eight years and 215 souls. Mm. Wow. Whew, Mississippi. That's a shame. And it was only because her son went missing and she was looking for her son. And because they didn't want to get in trouble for hitting him, they just, you know, buried him, you know, because, again, as if people don't care about their children and their missing loved ones. It's sad. This is why, again, if you have loved ones who are in prison, who are incarcerated, um, you know, as long as you get along with them and stuff like that, definitely want to check on them. You know what I'm saying? Be that support system on the outside to make sure that they're okay. Because stuff like this really does happen. And, you know, you'll have family members who will think that their loved ones are still locked up, you know, doing their 20 years in prison. And they damn died, you know, 10, 15 years ago with no notification. So that's sad. That's really sad. All right, y'all. So I'm going to go ahead and get ready to go off, go out of here. Um... Looks like Wavy Tay, you sent me two $99 Super Chats. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. The other one just popped up. Thank you. Um, did you talk? Okay. Aaliyah says, did you talk about Yo Gotti's big brother, Big Juke? I did hear about Big Juke. Um, that was definitely a hit. I think it was payback for what happened to Dolph. Remember, um, what's her name? Damn. The artist that was signed with Little Uzi Vert, the girl Desto. Remember her daddy? His last name is Govan. Y'all know these names be escaping me. Remember, she they pulled up on her in Texas and killed her. I think everybody who was involved um, with the Dolph murder, they're going after them one by one. They said the mama almost got killed too. Yo Gotti's mama. She happened to like get out the way or something like that. So, um, yeah, Lotta Cash Desto. Thank you. That's her name. Lotta Cash Desto. As far as Angela Simmons, I just, whatever. Child, if she likes it, I love it. I think the whole situation is just sad. It is. Um... 
I think a lot of people were involved, you know, behind the scenes. Of course, you have like the two young dude, the one with the bull legs and all that. They're going to be the face of the killers of Young Dolph. But this was definitely, there was a lot of people behind the scenes that wanted Young Dolph dead and that put that hit out on him and, and put a battery in these little young boys' back. So, unfortunately, right now, Memphis is super hot. There's a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, it, it's sad. And I'm sure Yo Gotti, you know, if he had something to do with it, I'm sure he feels horrible um, that his brother ended up getting killed. And the crazy thing was the brother was there for somebody else's funeral. So he was there for a funeral. And then now they're preparing for his funeral. So... Yeah, that whole situation is crazy. It's just senseless deaths. Um, you know, just does not make any sense. It's sad because all this always happens in hip hop. You never see this happening, you know, in country music or in <laughs> R&B, pop. Um, even today, Muwap and all the old block boys, they finally got charged. Let me see if I can pull this up. For the death of um of uh, FBG Duck, I just seen that today. I mean, it's just it's insane. It's it's sad. Like just all the stuff that's going on. And again, this is mainly in hip hop. All right, here we go. Six reputed gang members found guilty. Mm. I know Mama Duck is probably super happy now she can, you know, finally get some peace for the death of her son. But her son wasn't innocent either. He was involved in a lot of fuck shit too. I'm just keeping it real. But okay, good, she's speaking. Let's go ahead and watch what Mama Duck had to say because I, I am curious to see what she has to say. He definitely perpetuated a lot of bullshit. We're going to go ahead and watch. Yeah. So, we have a conviction. How are you both feeling? I'm feeling just disturbed. I'm feeling like, um, they did something so obviously crazy that they deserve to get caught. It was blazing for me. And when I go home and tell my grandkids that their father justice has been served, that's gonna be a big burden lifted off my shoulders. I just wanna thank the United States government for doing a very good job on making sure that these guys would never hurt another mom for another child again. Um, and yes, justice for Duck, and it has been served. Thank you. Lashina, LA, capital S H E E N A. Weekly, W E E K L Y. Lashina Weekly. Um, okay, I'm glad they got justice. Let me see this news 
A federal jury has convicted six suspected gang members in the murder of rapper FBG Duck. The rapper was shot outside a luxury clothing store in Chicago on East Oak Street in April of 2020. His girlfriend and a shopper were also hurt. Prosecutors say the murder was the result of a violent gang war fueled in part by rap songs by Duck and a competing Chicago rapper. The six men were convicted today of charges including conspiracy and murder. They will be sentenced at a later date. Watch breaking news. Members of Chicago's O Block gang have been convicted in the 2020 murder of a rapper known as FBG Duck. Duck's real name was Carlton Weekly. He was shot and killed shopping mm. on Oak Street in the Gold Coast. The Tribune reports it took the jury two days to arrive at a verdict. The six convicted suspects are men between the ages of 24 and 34. All six were convicted of conspiracy to commit murder and murder in the aid of racketeering. Five of them were also convicted of using a gun when Weekly was shot. Prosecutors say the men targeted Weekly as part of a long-running gang dispute. When I go home and tell my grandkids that their father justice has. Okay, so that is what's going on um, with the Doug situation. So, you know, all six were found guilty. Um, a lot of it, again, goes back to um, King Von and um, Lil Dirk and, you know, all that stuff. But it was so blazing. Um, they were eventually going to get caught. And then they were, like, on social media bragging. And I, I just, I don't know. It's sad because you would think, like, they'd have enough worthwhile. Like, you just killed somebody in the, the most blazing way on the Gold Coast. Like, they don't care. Y'all want to sit there and shoot yourselves on the south side of Chicago where most white folks do not venture to? They don't care. If you want to kill each other on old block, that's your business. But when you're coming to the Gold Coast, where you're coming to where people are out shopping and families and tourists, oh, of course the feds are going to get involved. So they brought a lot of heat on themselves. And um, I don't feel bad for them. I think the whole situation is just really sad. Um, again, you know, a, a lot of them, you know, that's the lifestyle that they want to brag about and perpetuate and, you know, all that stuff. So rest in peace to him, but I'm not going to act like he's 100% innocent either. He was doing a lot of, you know, clout chasing and dissing of the ops and just all, all the nonsense. And now you fast forward, what, four years, he's dead, King Von's dead. It's just, it's a mess. It's a mess. So it's really sad. Um, let's see here. Virgo Mama sent 10. Says, I'm glad to hear you're feeling better. Do you have any thoughts on Gypsy Rose? Um, the only thing I can say about Gypsy Rose, I did watch a documentary on her, I think like two days ago when I was in bed. And um, I feel bad for her. Like she went through a lot. Her mom was crazy as cat shit. Um, you know, and at first I was like, well, why wasn't her dad more involved? Or like, why didn't her dad step up and do more? But it seemed like the mom had like the whole family just convinced that she was so sick. My issue with the whole Gypsy Rose situation is this. I don't understand like why we're turning her into a celebrity. Like, okay, she did her time. They let her out. Okay, cool. But what about the slow boy that she hyped up to shoot her mom? Like he's still locked up. I thought he was going to get out too. Like he was off, you know, and... She hyped him up and, you know, got him to do her dirty work and he's just going to be in there for the rest of his life. Meanwhile, she got a new man. She's out here talking about he got some good peen. Her and her man are on social media. Like, it's just, it's weird. 
And I, you know, she's, I think she did enough time. I don't think that she needs to be in there for life because her mom was just as evil to her. But I guess I'm kind of worried about the guy. So he's just never going to get out. They're just going to keep him in there for life. Because if he was the shooter, she was definitely the perpetuator of why he shot. He didn't have any real ties to the mom. He was doing her a solid. So wouldn't it make sense that if they found her not, you know, let her out because of sympathy and what she went through, shouldn't he have the same type of sympathy? Especially being that he wasn't, you know what I mean? Like he wasn't all there mentally. So that's the only thing I don't agree with. Like, I don't think she should still be in prison because her mom was a piece of shit. But I just think it's kind of unfortunate that she's just been turned into this big celebrity and she doesn't even talk about him. She's not even fighting for him to get out. Like if I was, I'd be pissed. Like, bitch, you're out. You're not, you just out here getting new dick. Like, no, you're going to speak my name, bitch. You're going to say my name like Destiny's Child. I did you one solid and I'm in here for life. She should be fighting to get him out. She really should. Because she, she manipulated him. So that's that's my thing. Now that I know more about Gypsy Rose, because last time y'all asked me, I didn't know too much about her. But yeah, if I was him, I would be feeling away. Like, you're not about to be out here living your best life and I'm in here doing life. Fuck that. <laughs> he better get on that damn Suge Knight podcast. <laughs> Suge Knight really got a podcast from prison. I still crack up every time it pops up on my timeline. Um, let me see here. Young Kobe. What's up, Young Kobe? He says rap has done the same exact harm. Crack, gangs, and slavery has done to black folks. Let's talk about it. Mm. Yeah, it's it's done a lot. You know what I'm saying? And it, it's sad. And I think this is like the first time like in history right now where rap is not the number one selling genre of music. You know, you got Afro beats, you have K-pop. Like people are tired, I think a lot of people are waking up and they're not supporting a lot of the nonsense anymore because they're seeing the end results. So that's why a lot of these rappers now, they can't sell out stadiums. Um, you know, they're not selling out, they're not doing these huge arena tours. A lot of them are mainly doing club events and stuff like that because people are tired of the nonsense and the, you know, just the ignorance being glorified all the time. Um, let's see here. I Melvin sent 999 says hip hop turned into one of the most demonic industries since it was founded decades, decades ago. If you can remember the genre being uplifting for black people and then later merged with gang life. Yup. That is the truth. And we can thank old heads like Snoop Dogg. Um, you know, he was representing the Crips. Then you had uh, DJ quick representing the bloods. Then you had the whole East coast, West coast. You know, Pac and Biggie, Biggie and Diddy, you know, were with the Crips. You had Pac and Suge Knight and all them with the Bloods. Yeah, you know, those were all the seeds that were planted. And so that's why, you know, I guess that's why for me, it's kind of like hard to take a lot of these rappers seriously when like years later, like now that the money's drying up, now they want to be woke and, you know, now they want to talk all this black empowerment bullshit, but for years, all you talked about was trapping and, and selling drugs and, you know, killing other black men. And then now, because that's drying out now, oh, y'all need to, you know, be buying up businesses in the community and this, this, and that. It's, it's the hypocrisy for me. You know, like, why can't rappers come into the game and just rap about things other than that and still be able to get a bag? Kanye, I will say, as cuckoo as Kanye has become, he was one of the few rappers to do that. 
that's why I really did like Kanye's music because he wasn't rapping about killing other black men. He wasn't rapping about selling drugs. You know what I'm saying? Like he rapped about a lot of like just deep stuff, you know? So, and it's sad that a lot of, um, you know, rappers don't get that opportunity and they know what they're doing is wrong because I remember I ran across this video um, of NBA Youngboy who's now out here saying that he doesn't really care about being a father one way or another, even though he has 11 kids by eight different women. But a few months ago, he was doing the interview. Let me see if I can find it. And he was talking about like demons um, in hip hop. And it then it's like he started talking to himself. It was just weird. I'm trying to see if I had that video. Like even his mood, his mood changes. If you if you really watch him, his moods change so quick. It's really strange. No, that was four years ago. Okay, maybe this is it. Yeah, this was a month ago. I think I found it. Maybe a young boy recently shared his thoughts on the music. I'm supposed to be leaving and y'all got me over here pulling up NBA young boy clips. Okay, we're gonna watch this real quick and then I'm gonna go. Hold on, real quick. All right. Let's see if this shows it. Big industry. What's up? It's Asia Sky for Hip Hop DX, and check this out. NBA Youngboy is not a fan of the demonic music industry, but he has accepted that he willingly chose to be a participant. The elusive rapper recently granted an interview to Complex at his Utah home, where he's been on house arrest since 2021. Though it was supposed to be a tour of his closet for the outlet's Complex Closet series, it ended up being a much deeper conversation. <laughs> the life industry that I chose to be a part of. So it's like, I, I accept that I'm in way, but don't be a, 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 a dominant at the same time. You gotta understand that using me as entertainment and this shit becomes self-destruction too. Mm -hmm. Cause I ain't no entertainment. You know, some shit can be spoke on, why? My shit is, is to be continued. So what are your thoughts on what NBA Youngboy said about the music? So that was the video. It went viral like a month ago. And so ever since then, you know, a lot of people have been talking about it. So like I said, a lot of these artists, you know, they're they're waking up and they're understanding like the things that they have participated in. Like I said, the devil always comes back to collect. And I think that's the same thing that's happening right now with Zeus and a lot of these, you know, other networks and stuff like that. It's like you can't put out nonsense and perpetuate nonsense and then think that you're still gonna be blessed in the same breath, you know? You can't um, have young women out there degrading themselves and fighting and being disrespectful and then you expect them to somehow like, you know, uplift you in a good light. So yeah, it's, it's gonna be very, very interesting to see like where the industry goes this year and to see if like, um, you know, if they can make a, a, a comeback as far as like rap and getting on the billboards. I mean, I know Nicki did a good job with her album rollout and everything last year, but um, you know, we're gonna have to wait to see what happens in 2024. Let's see here. Uh, Jenna VC says, word may be that Gypsy's ex already had a violent history um, I definitely need to do more research, but that's what they said on Twitter. Love you, T. Love you, too. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't done too much research on him. Just from me watching, you know, the documentary, I felt like she definitely used him and hyped him up. 
But um, we'll definitely look into that more. So thank you. Let's see here. Coco Antoinette sent 499 says, I did my research on him and apparently he had a fascination with red rum and wanted to act on it. He wasn't slow. He was sick and had harmed others before. Okay. So there's more on him. Okay. I'll definitely have to do some more research because from what everybody was saying, they were saying that he was like, he had like mental issues, um, was kind of slow to the beat. And so that's why she was easily, you know, able to manipulate him. But it sounds like it's some more deeper things there. So I appreciate that. Uh, Bree sent 1999. She says, hey, T, finally caught alive. I'm always playback gang. I appreciate all that you do. I've been watching you since I was young. Now I am 21. I love your wisdom and I've learned a lot from you. That is awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Y'all, I've been out here for two hours and 46 minutes. So I'm going to get ready to leave. I really appreciate y'all um, just coming through and supporting my stream. Um, I will talk to you guys later. I'll be back this week with more videos. I'm going to start doing more reactions and just different things, um, putting up more content. So I'm just getting back in the swing of everything. So forgive me because I've been gone for like a whole week. But I hope you guys enjoyed this stream. I will talk to y'all later. Thank y'all for watching.